and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I am Cameron. I know, Cameron hasn't been on in like, probably like a hundred plus episodes. It doesn't take very long for that to it's go by. It's been two years maybe, something like that. It's been a long fucking time. Yeah, we haven't done one together in forever and it's just, it, it's amazing how much it kind of goes by. This would be episode 366. 366. It's so, so ridiculously, like, big. And Damn, big. dude, you've grown. Man, <laughs> you're popping podcasts out like crazy. I know. And it's just like, you, you do one a week, every once in a while, two a week, and next thing you know, it's just like those numbers just keep going. Yeah. And Yeah, it's, it, it's ridiculous, really, like, how much it is. And that's what makes me feel kind of like, we, we fit the old man orange feel. Right. Like, we look at podcasts, <laughs> we're like, our podcast has, like, so many more episodes than, like, almost everybody else who's not a celebrity. Right, right. So who are you, who are you mainly doing podcasts with? Just Ryan? Just, yeah, Ryan still. Nice. Every once in a while we'll have somebody else on, um, you know, but for the most part it's just, you know, we kind of just do it over Skype and so mm-hmm. on, but... Um, are you able to do it up at your place? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I just I cool. do everything over the AT&T internet. Yeah, there you go, man. So everything I do is through cellular internet. There you go. And lots of times, actually, I use my phone just because, like, I, just, I never trust my PS4 or Xbox sure. One. They're just going to randomly start downloading something. Sure. Even though it's really not the downloads, it's the upload speed that matters yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. you know, yeah, but... Yeah, um, but yeah, but dude, yeah, we've been, we've been just talking here a little bit beforehand, kind of going over what new games each other sort of got in the last while, and all that fun stuff, and you can tell me all about the new stuff, because I haven't, you know, tried a lot of that stuff. I've, I've been focusing all on this Sega Saturn, like, kind of craze, I got this pseudo-Saturn thing where, you, you know, you got the action replay, and you plug it in the back of the cartridge section. So I, um, I've, I've watched some YouTube videos, I've been a YouTube junkie lately, um, Action replay. I watched like the entire history uh-huh. of, of what that thing is and how it all works and, and how Game Shark came out of it and like all these different things. Um, very, very, very interesting how you used to be able to break games, you know, <laughs> and by purchasing like these third party items, you know, plugging it into your console, uploading the cheat codes, getting, you know, being able to like you know mod the game essentially. And nowadays, like what what really trips me out is that. Some games have it to where you are paying out of pocket for those codes, uh-huh. and it's like, do you remember? Do you remember like when Scholastic used to come around to like your schools and stuff like that? And, and they had, you, the you had the game chart, the books, and the game. That was the, that was the only thing I would go for every single time, and it was like so badass because you'd be able to play something like. Like siphon filter with big head mode or something, you know. Yeah, like, so, yeah. I, you you know that like the, the people that put that together, like, oh, we're gonna bring Reed into the children, and it's gonna be great and everything like that. Like, what's this? Oh, well, I guess I'll put one of these game books in here, and then they realize that's like the only thing anybody's interested in. It's like, oh, do the game, you know? I remember getting one for like Dreamcast and the yeah. PlayStation One and all that stuff like that. Yeah. Like being so excited to have that little book that you know only maybe had like thirty games in it, if mm-hmm. that even. Like, mm-hmm. it was never that much, but um. No, it's like one of those ones, when I think of Game Genie, Game Shark, you know, action replay, and so this is technically actually the first action replay I've ever had. I've never had one. I've always just had Game right. Genie and Game Shark. But um, the thing that's kind of funny about that is, like, when you're a kid, like, when you first see, like, Game Genie, you know, or even Game Shark or whatever, you go, it's almost like blows your mind. Like, oh my gosh, the possibilities are endless. This thing is so cool. Right. Like, I've never been able to beat X-Men, and now I can put these codes in, I got limited lives. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And then all of a sudden you get to like a teenager and you just get that edge like, Game Genie's fucking cheating, man. Yep. Like, you know, yep. when you use that, like a real gamer wouldn't use Game Genie, you know what I mean, like that. And then I come back around to like, once I kind of got just like a little bit older and so on, like past 20, it's almost like, 
you know what? Game Genie's kind of cool. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it on. Like, you know, on the emulators, they got the Game Genie and so on, too. And you just be like, I don't just put limited lives on. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like that's that cheating really too much. Right. I mean, it is, but, but like, what I feel limited lives is, it just makes the game like it's a modern game. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. Because all it is, I'm going to have to still do all the work, but I'll just get limited tries and I don't have to start from the very beginning every single right. time. Because that's mostly always the thing that kind of like gets you. Is like, once you die and it's like, oh, I got to start four levels back, fuck this. New game. Yep. <laughs> you yep. know? So, like, I've come, I've come to learn to really love Game Genie and Wacky. I get no. I take it back. I have used the Game Shark not too long ago. I used it on a Dreamcast game, and so right, right. You know, but um. So this this popped up in my uh, little bit of a plug here, Facebook.com/slash/ftvolg. It's for the love of video games. Been running that game group for almost six years now. July will be six years. Nice. Dude, July, that's, that's, that'll be six years of a podcast. No shit? Kid really? you not, because it's, oh, it's, it's all in July, because that's when Dark Knight Rises came out. There you go. And that's, you go. that was, right when we started, it was then. So, it, it popped up in that, in that group that, uh, you know, somehow, some way, a turbo controller came, came to mind, you know, mm-hmm. and like, all of a sudden we're talking about turbo controllers within the, these forums and stuff. I didn't know that turbo controllers were even still a thing. At yeah, this that's point. weird. I, I haven't seen a turbo controller. What, what would you use a turbo controller for? The, the only thing that I can... That I remember a turbo controller even even being mentioned within video games, at least, at least in terms of the video game actually telling the player something, is in Metal Gear Solid. You remember when Snake is in the interrogation room? And he's, oh. he's being, you know, like, That's tortured right. and all that. And Ocelot comes up and he's just like, I know if you're going to be using a turbo controller, you know? Like, <laughs> you're going to be cheating. Cheating. You know? And this kid in that group, I'm not going to name any names, but this kid in this group says that he uses turbo controllers to get achievements faster. Or more efficiently. Or whatever. I, That's just... That doesn't make any fucking sense to me. <laughs> well, that's kind of weird, because, okay, like, I used a turbo controller actually not that long ago, and it was playing Contra 1, because that's, that's almost where I feel like the games, like, they were, they were pretty much invented for all the shooting games, where sure. you're just sitting there tapping yeah. A or B or whatever as fast as possible, you know, everything, like, you know, even, like, in games like Aerial Fighters and so on like that, but sometimes it's like, this is a kind of weird thing, like, yeah, you can hold down the button, but sometimes to tap and it's kind of almost fun, sure, too. I don't know sure. what it is, but, uh, or it takes it back. I actually used one not that long ago, because... When I was pulling up that Sega Saturn, coming all back to the pseudo Saturn thing, right. I downloaded House of the Dead because I always wanted that game and never wanted to pay one hundred and fifty dollars for it. And it's been one hundred and fifty dollars since nineteen ninety eight. So uh, I was playing it and I was using—I didn't have the light gun, sadly enough. So I was using like literally the joystick um, fight pad and I had the turbo thing on there. I was like, "Well, fuck this!" Put the turbo on, <laughs> held that down. But the odd thing was, I couldn't use the turbo button of both. A and B, they're both shooting and reload at the same time. Oh. It was weird to like it cut it out. I don't know if that was either just a House of the Dead thing or the controller just couldn't do it. But yeah, it was like. But that, that, so I was using there, but that's kind of interesting here. And somebody use it nowadays because it's weird because even off-brand controllers, it feels like that business is almost like gone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, granted, there, you, you can always find at least one or two off-brands, but like you know, you go down to Walmart or Target or even GameStop like that. Like, how many off-brand controllers do you see? You see like Not one or two many. like token companies. Not many. You know what I mean? I mean, if you go on Amazon, yeah, you can find a couple more and so on like sure. that. But for the most part, like it used to be in the olden days, you would go down there and there would be like three fourths of the controllers were off-brands. You know what I mean? Like you would have your one, you'd, you'd get like your GameCube controller for like. 30 bucks? Oh, it's fucking expensive. I'll get that off-brand one for $15. Hopefully it'll be good enough. Right. And the, the chance of the off-brand, because, you know, my people always look at the off-brand, they always call it, like, 
some of them are like pure terrible. They're always like, oh, it's so terrible. They always like go like they're all terrible. It's like no, some some off-brand controls are actually superior to sure. even like the main ones. Like, or sometimes there's just some of them are just kind of cool just in the way they are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, nowadays like well, I would like to know what games. Well, I, I guess if you had a shooting game, you know, because a lot of those games have the thing where it's like you know fire so many rounds or something like that. Right. And you right. Get, I could see that maybe. Right. But, I, I just don't think very many games where you tap because that's the whole reason for the turbo controller is like the makeup for the tapping. Yeah, yeah. So reading that, we, we kind of tear this kid apart for it. One because he is always talking about all of his achievements and all of his, you know, like you know, like look how many fucking points I have on Xbox Live and blah blah. Look how many games I've played and blah 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 and this that and the other. And he's always posting his you know his high scores and you know like his, his achievement lists and whatnot. And you you see something like that and it's like damn dude really you know like you basically just admitted that none of that's legit. You know I mean Turbo Controller side I I still haven't like made the connection of how that works within <laughs> within like actually make getting achievements. But, I don't know, man, like, it's just, some people, some people, these achievement hunters and trophy hunters and things like that, like, to put into perspective, I've, I've owned a PS3 since 2006. Mm -hmm. Over the course of the entire lifetime, up until now, I have three platinum games. Three games I've, like, 100%, you know, played through everything, got all the, got all the trophies and everything like that. But you have these people out there that just, like, use it as a status symbol, man. And it's just, like, really exactly what you just said. It's just, like, well, you got a lot more fucking free time than I do. That's all, that's all <laughs> I see when I see that. I'm like, clearly you're not doing anything really productive. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not saying that's not cool. I mean, probably the only platinum one I have, and this is, like, the most oddest one, is on the Sega Genesis collection. Well, it's not platinum, I guess. It'd be, uh... What would they call it on Xbox for, like, the trophy that's the highest? We get them all. Because I had them 360. But that was the only game that I know that I did 100%... Like a thousand point achievements, right, right. you know. No, that, that was the only game that I know. Everything, there's a lot of games I got close. Like you get like nine hundred. Mm -hmm. The main thing that always got me is it's, it's, it was always the online ones because I didn't have internet for the longest time yep. on three hundred and sixty and so yep. on. So I would get every single player achievement and then be like, "Yep, I guess I'm not getting those other ones." Yeah, I'm never gonna play a hundred matches even, online. I'll be lucky to play five matches online, so I'm not gonna play a hundred matches yeah, online. Yeah, and even even right now, still games are launching with multiplayer trophies and achievements. When the game's, like, centric towards that, like mm -hmm. Call of Duty, for example, you know, like, of course they're going to have their campaign trophies, of course they're going to have a little bit of zombie trophies, but, you know, yeah. like, that game mainly, like, 80% of that player base is buying that game to play online. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. So for a game like that, it makes sense, but a game like Far Cry 5 that just came out, I'm... Does that I'm, Far Cry have multiplayer in it? Oh, yeah. See, uh, these are all these things that, well, I guess it makes sense, original Far Cry had multiplayer. That was yeah. the only thing I remember playing. That was the days when we'd wake up early before school. It sounds so weird mm -hmm. just to play Far Cry 1 multiplayer yeah. on Xbox. Yeah. And right now, I'm I'm very close to finishing it. You know, like, I, I have one more zone to go, and I basically have to take out Jacob and Joseph, which are, like, uh -huh. know, antagonists of the game. Um, but I'm looking at my achievement list, and majority of it's single-player, but there's, like, five trophies in there that are multiplayer, and it's and it's upsetting because I want to platinum that game, but I also don't want to have to get to level 20, you know, in multiplayer. I don't want to have to play these amount of rounds, you know, yeah. to get that trope. And it's, I don't know, man, like, it's it's upsetting. See, <laughs> you know? I've kind of accepted that, like, 
achievements and trophies that like they when I get them it's cool and I still like I still sure. like the feeling of getting one it's, it's sure. there's something still something kind of like ah, I got a trophy they're cool whatever got achievement but I don't I, I don't seek them out anymore I'm, like no, trying to like no. really, and I don't think there ever really was I mean initially when I first kind of discovered I thought I'm like well this is kind of cool this is almost like it gives you more reason to play a game a little sure. bit longer than you normally would because there, you'll be doing things that you wouldn't normally do but a lot of times at the end of the day it's like I think it's like if, if they actually did something like I always thought that like what those trophies should do is they should just give you like discounts in like the play store yeah. you know yes. either get, you know one of those ones like if you get a thousand points in Xbox or Playstation like on the trophy like, trophy's a thousand the same as Playstation or same as Xbox um, so it's not scored per se. It's remember it's all in tiers. It's like that's bronze, true. Yeah, you know, silver, gold, platinum, whatever. But um, they they do have it in a sense where if you are, I'm gonna slaughter this, and I apologize to your listeners, but essentially, like uh, if you're in the rewards program, is what I'm gonna call it. I don't know exactly what it's called, but like there's, there's oh the Sony rewards. There's like an achievement club where you can trade in you know, your trophies essentially for PSN cash or Xbox cash or whatever that might be. Okay, well, because um, I'm a part of that Sony Rewards one, but I used it for movies, like, okay. it was kind of cool, it's like, literally, you took five of your Sony DVDs and you just put the little code in the thing there, or really? whatever, and, it, and they sent me a, a full-on Blu-ray brand new, I was like, oh, oh sick, this is cool, oh. Yeah, I, mean, I, was, I was really impressed with that, you yeah. know, like, Disney kind of does that too, but you need, I think Disney might need a little bit more, no, I wasn't Disney did it too, like, you, I registered like five movies and they sent me a free one. I got, I think I got really? Dumbo on Disney and then I got I, Fury on uh, really? Sony. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that works. See, I've always seen that where you can register your movies or register your games. I've never bothered with it. I never really knew what it was for. I just know? one of these days. It's like, well, one, I was doing the thing where I was, I was putting my digital. I'm like, you know what? I bought all these Blu-ray movies. Like, I might as well get the digital copies like before they like expire mm-hmm. and just like get them. So I was doing that, and as I was running through them, I was like, oh well, here's this other thing for like Disney rewards, or here's this one for like right. the Sony rewards. So I just registered movies, and then it was like, oh cool, like yeah, as I said, like and it came in like a week and everything like that. They really? they, they sent it out like as fast as if you bought it off Sony.com. So I was like, that's kind of cool. Wow, wow. Well. So it, it goes to show that sometimes it's worth like I, going a little bit I of the extra imagine. mile for that. Yeah, because it really didn't take me that long to do it. You know, it wasn't like I, I worked way harder than it was worth for like a movie. But yeah, they, they, Sony was pretty rare. They had movies on there that were pretty much brand new. Like they've only been out for like three months, so it right. wasn't like they're just giving you like the old, old, old. Like here's our like five dollar bin, you know, DVDs. Right, right. <laughs> Pick which one you want if it's in stock. Yeah. Well, to change subjects real quick. Um, a couple of years ago, maybe a year ago, year and a half ago, something like that. It was right after Final Fantasy XV came out. You bought me Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> I played through that game on Steam. I absolutely love that game. Uh, very surprising for me because I am not a turn-based genre fan. Yeah, I, I really do not like turn-based. <laughs> it's funny because I'm like the exact opposite. Like if a game's like not turn-based and it's an RPG, it's like I have a hard time getting into right. it. Right. So. I had the itch to play that game and totally have it on my PC, totally could have just launched it on my PC again, but I felt like, it, can I find this game mobile? Can I play this game mobile? They have it on the phone, I know. They do. So I jump on the Google Play Store, I look at it, I'm like, okay, it looks like it's the updated version for the PC, you know, like that, not really an HD remake, but you know, it's just it like... It pretty much is, though, I mean, updated, like... You know? I mean, it's a remaster, but it's just a remaster of an older right. game. So, twenty one ninety nine. I'm looking at that price, going, you know, like, 
it's that it's is is it that good? You know, like can I really buy this? Fuck yeah. For me as a non turn based fan, mm-hmm. to actually enjoy playing that game not only once, but I'm on my second playthrough right now on yeah. my phone. And literally every night before I go to bed I make sure that I have 30, 45, an hour, something like that. You know, just, like, just chug a little and, bit and, away. Just a little bit of time. I've currently just finished uh, the Lindblum, you uh-huh. know, quest line, you know, like getting through that city and everything, meeting Freya and blah, 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 you know, and like now I'm well on my way in that game world. Bro, it, you, the way that you like shape my mind about that, just by, just by saying like, Dude, if you like 15, you know, like, I have a feeling you're you're actually going to like yeah, the yeah, Final you, Fantasy You already series. dipped your toes into 15. Might as well try yeah. one of these ones. And I'm very, very impressed with how 9 has held up. How I, even though it's an ancient game, I can still just pick it up and play it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people gawk at the, at the fact that I'm playing it on a phone, especially in that game group that I'm in. A lot it's, of people are looking at me like... People always, like, like, dissed on phone games, and it's like... Like when it's like a port of like a real game, it's yeah. like like yeah. RPGs are RPGs are almost like made for phones. Like they yeah. work perfectly on yeah. there. There's nothing wrong with the touch controls in that game. I, I have a little Bluetooth controller that I can hook up to my phone, which mm. is actually pretty sick. So this is the other thing that I did. Um, I took my you know my phone. I got the the Samsung phone. Took my PS4 controller and I actually figured out that if you hold down the the PS button, you hold down the share button at the same time, it desyncs it. Mm-hmm. So doing that, I can literally I can hook to my phone via Bluetooth, and now all of a sudden I just prop my phone up, and now I got a controller in my hand, and I'm playing Final Fantasy IX with a controller. Oh, that's sweet. Now again, you know, like the the actual touch controls aren't bad in a turn-based RPG like that because you're not doing anything really yeah, precise. Yeah, you're not, you're not you running know. around and having to dodge and yeah. you know, not ninja guiding it up or something. So, syncing up the PS4 controller to my phone, there is a slight delay. Like, I'm, I'm not going to deny that. There is a slight delay. And it's like, you'll, you'll be moving your character, you know, like you'll push up on the controller and you expect him to move at that exact second, but it takes like, you know, half a second. It's such a slight delay. Um... I can't imagine that that would work very well for any other real type of game, but... Well, because here, the, the one I have, the controller, I just literally bought it off, like, Amazon, just, like, some, like, Chinese mm-hmm. one. And the cool thing about it is it has this, like, extension thing, so you stretch it out, you put your phone in it, and your phone literally sits, like, it tightens down on oh, it, and your wow. phone's locked up on top of it, so it's like you got a Game Boy, but the controller's sick. It's got, like, you know, every button that the Xbox right. and PlayStation have, you know, R3s included, and so on, and you click it on, and I've only really played with emulators on there. But everyone I tried, you know, I was playing Castlevania Bloodlines and it worked totally fine. Like, I never felt any delay. Really? Playing Sonic the Hedgehog, playing Mario and all that stuff, and it worked just great. Like, I, I didn't awesome. see a delay. The battery lasted forever on it. I mean, like, I had my backpack for, like, you know, three weeks and I pulled it back out and it was like, oh, it still works. Right. You know, I haven't really used it a ton, but it's one of those things, like, it was awesome. I probably spent, like, 15 or 20 bucks on it for Amazon. Really? It was just one of these, it had, it had good enough reviews and it was just some Chinese company. I'm like, sure, I just want to play with one of these things. And, yeah. But it's sick. But the clicking on feature is almost so nice because it just stretches out. You put your phone in there and then it latches down and it's got little pads on so it. So it like, doesn't matter what size the phone is. No, it's, that's the nice thing. That, any size will yeah. do. And then you spin it around and it's like it's literally like a Game Boy. And it has a, it's, it's got a real nice spring in there so you know your phone's not falling out or anything. Right, but like, right. I'm like, dude, this thing is sick. Like, If you really want to, you could dial in like a totally sweet like portable like sure. classic game. Just sure. put, put all kinds. You know, just take an SD card sure. and fill it up and so on. So that was um, the other thing that I did with my phone that was so cool. Um, 
it being an Android operating system, I was able to download emulators for it. So yeah. I downloaded the GP uh, Game Boy Color emulator for it. I downloaded the ISO for um, Pokemon Yellow. In uh -huh. the entire trip that my wife and I we took for our honeymoon, you know, we flew down to Mexico. I played Pokemon Yellow the entire time I was down there, and that was another like just really surreal moment because <laughs> it's it, so weird that you say that because the last time I ever went to Mexico, I just I played through Pokemon. Well, I got red. I had yellow already, but I bought right. a copy of red just to play all the way through it. Really? Because in Mexico, <laughs> I know, man. I made it to. Uh, Fuchsia City. Mm -hmm. Fuchsia City is is when we made it back to San Francisco from Mexico, and then I and then I put it down and I stopped playing it since then. But it's just it's so cool that you can, you know, going going back to what you were talking about with the Sega Saturn stuff and all that. Like, yeah, the fact that you can emulate so much of this nowadays is so cool, and this is why I was you know like to continue the conversation from earlier. Xbox emulator, PS3 emulator, you know, like, the, the Sega Saturn emulator, like, mm -hmm. especially the Xbox on the PS3. If, yeah. if, if we can get Halo on the PC, you know, like, outside of that PC port, but, you know, be able to emulate it. Yeah, and way, then start being able to mess with it. You know, like, there, there's so many good Xbox, like, original Xbox games that you can emulate on there. It's just, nobody's really figured that out yet. And to, and to go further on the on the PS3, you know, like I, like I mentioned earlier, imagine playing Metal Gear Solid 4 via an, via an emulator on a PC. Yeah, exactly. You got those options there. Get those frame rates. Get those fucking extra buffering things. Get those anti-aliasing things. You know, like clean. I mean, that game is already clean as fuck. You know, like yeah, it, it but... looks amazing still to this day, and it's what ten years old this year. Yeah, odd. I like. I, I just I couldn't imagine. And then to, to go even further, to take a step further, like, imagine a PS4 emulator, where you have a game like Bloodborne that deserves 60 frames. You know, like, I know a lot of, a lot of people out there are very, like, 30 frames is fine. And I agree, for the most part. Yeah. A game that's that precise, that takes that much skill and that much, like, timing-based, you know, combat, imagine that on PC. Yeah, no, there's the, that, that's always, like, what makes it cool, because even just things like... Especially when, it's like when you take like a PlayStation, you know, emulator, and that one. The nice thing about PlayStation, PlayStation's always been really dialed in for PlayStation One emulator. Mm -hmm. You can get those games like smooth and crystal yeah. clear, and you know, what I mean, like that, and so on. You know, it's like the Sega coming back to originally the Sega Saturn thing. Like that one is like those emulators. I've never been able to get to work properly in my sure. entire life. I've messing around with emulators since like the nineties. Like Sega Saturn just seems like all the ones that they have just they just don't work that great. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's like. A game might work, but then it kind of like glitches as it goes on. You're like, well, this is fucking stupid. Like, what the right. hell? Like, I don't, if I, I don't want to play a game unless it's like 100% golden, you know? And where the pseudo Saturn thing comes out, it's like you put the cartridge in, you're playing it right on the system itself, you just whip a disc in, whether it be a foreign yeah. disc, a, you know, American disc, Japanese disc, whatever you, and you can play it with your controller and everything like that, so it feels just like you're playing a Sega yeah. Saturn in the 90s. And, you know, some of those people always kind of like, you know, they kind of like, oh, burning games and so on. It's like, dude, nobody's making money off this except yeah. for people on eBay. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, Sega's not making any money. Nobody's making money because, you know, they're, they're, these games are out of print. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like there's really, at the end of the day, like, emulators and ROMs, I've never felt there's anything wrong with it unless... This is the only system that I always feel like you're you're really actually kind of doing, like, a crime. Is if you go out and download 3DS, like, emulators. Sure. Like, if you're downloading games that are, like, literally you could go down to, like, the store and buy, that's the only time I feel like it's... It is. Yeah. But if you're getting games that, like, tactically haven't been released forever, you know? I mean, even a PS3 one, think about it, like, they don't make PS3 games anymore unless it's a remaster, yeah. you know? And, you know, 360 and so on. 
the way that I've always treated emulation, again, if you cannot find it or if it's it's so fucking expensive that it's just not worth it, uh -huh. you know? Okay, download the emulator, download that ROM, download that ISO file, whatever, you know, like it's it's whatever. My whole thing is is like I wanted, you know, I bought Skyrim on the 360. Uh -huh. I bought Skyrim on the PS3. Both those, you know, both those playthroughs and, and multiple playthroughs, I should say, on each console brought me a lot of joy, you know, within it. I got the PC in 2012. I wanted Skyrim on the PC, but I did not want to go spend another, at the time, $40, you know, for just the base version again. It, yeah. just, it just wasn't worth it to me. So is it a crime as a gamer to already own two copies of that to download an ISO file onto your PC get the mods that you want, and play the game the way the way you want to. See, that one, it's like one of those ones, like, I feel like by having the physical copies in your hand, because I don't know if you remember this, you remember getting, like, emulators back in, like, the 90s, because this is the only time it happened, they literally used to have these, like, threatening messages, be like, well, Bill Clinton and, uh, you know, Bill Gates are teaming up to fight yeah. you emulator people. Yeah. Like, I've ever seen that kind of stuff. And just, you know, as a kid, you, 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 there is that moment where you're kind of like, Oh, I don't want to be like. What's gonna happen? Like, this like the FBI gonna come in and like, you know, SWAT team's gonna kick down your like windows, and be like, "Hey, boy, what are you doing with these emulators?" Like, we see what's on your Windows ninety eight here. <laughs> That's like all I can picture. But like, I feel like if you've already kind of bought the game once, you know what I mean? Like, you need especially twice. It's like really, I feel you. You're entitled. I think almost you own that property at that point. You know, like once once it's out of the publisher's hands, once it's through the retail system, yeah. once it's in your hands. I feel like you own that property. Now, moral or not, do you go online and you actually download that file from a from a source site, you know, and technically you own the physical copy. This is this is where the, this is another argument in the game group is that a lot of people view that as theft, a lot of people view that as stealing, and I can see it. I can see where they're coming from. Should you take that disk and pop it into your PC and rip the ISO file yourself? I don't find a problem with that. No, that, that's it's no different than burning a CD or like ripping you're, you're, a CD to your MP3 copying, player. Yeah, you're copying. That's yeah, all you're no. doing. And when it comes with games that are already sort of old, like I'll even say Skyrim. I know they keep releasing like remasters mm -hmm. of it, but that game's a generation old by now. Yeah, I feel like it's it's in the emulator ROM yeah. category of like it's okay. The day the day that Bethesda makes uh, Elder Scrolls Six, mm -hmm. whatever the next Elder Scrolls ends up being. Will be the day because they have ported that fucking Skyrim game to literally almost everything. The moment that game drops on the Google Play Store, I think that's the day that Skyrim dies. I, th I finally, like, that was 2011 when that game came out. We have had multiple iterations of it since then. Yeah. I am a sucker of that fucking game. Again, PS3, Xbox 360, PC, and just this last year I bought it on Switch. Why? Because, oh, did you get it on Switch? Because that because I want to fucking play it mobile. And have I played it mobile? No, no. That thing's <laughs> yeah, been yeah, fucking docked, and I've been playing it docked. You know, like that's how good Skyrim is. But how long can you ride that fucking train? How long? How many, can how many you... times can you re-release the same game over? I guess it comes back to like it's like the Nintendo philosophy. You think about it like. How many times did they release a, you know, a certain Mario Brothers game sure. or a certain Zelda game? And sure. it, it, it always works, no matter what, because yeah. they, they kind of space it out just enough yeah. and bring it kind of back in there. And I guess that, that would be the one argument, I guess, is like, well, you could download a ROM of you know, Mario Brothers 3, but Nintendo also does have it for digital sale, but I feel 
that's different though, like because the ROMs, like, hey, this is for the exact NES one, sure. and really at the end of the day, like, that's just a ROM that Nintendo sure. sort of created. I, it, th- that's kind of a tough one, but I don't know. It, it, ROMs and so on. It's like I've been kind of pushing, like I, I rather would play a lot of games on emulators than actually on the original sure. console because sure. they play better. You got the safe states. The safe states are the best thing ever, especially for the, like anybody who's older who doesn't want to sit there and for ten yeah. hours and one solid playthrough. Yeah. You want to split it up and you want to save because you want to take a break or so on like that. You know why not? And I've never thought that safe states were cheating. Like some people always go, "Oh, safe states are cheating." I'm like, you still got to put the work in. You know what I mean? Like you have to it, get all, to that point. Yeah, and all it does is it's it's just takes away like the hassle of like being like, oh, I died, and now I got to go back two or three levels or something like that. Yeah. And the way I was into it was like PC games have had save states since like day yeah. one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've been playing through some of the older Tomb Raider games again. And I got them on Steam or whatever and stuff like that. It's so, like so much better because like when I played it last like on Sega Saturn, like um, Tomb Raider one, it was almost the thing. It's like, well. This is cool as a memory, but I'm like, there is no way I would ever play this game again yeah. on here because the stupid save points are so yeah. far away and everything like that. But on the PC one, it's like, you just save. You go around the corner, it's like, okay, let's save. Let's see what happens here. And if you get mauled by a bear or fall off a cliff, yeah. which is not like uncommon yeah. in Tomb Raider, who cares? You just reload, but you know that there, and you keep going, and the game stays fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because really, like one of the biggest frustrations to me in like a game that gets you, like, and I think that's for most people, is just when you get to a game where it's just like you die, and then it's like, it's not that you died, it's that you go. Oh, I have to go that far back? Yep. And, it's, and it's just, it's like, I've already yep. done this. It's literally just like repeating. I just feel like it's wasting my time. And I don't want to waste my time. I want to just enjoy a game. I'll, you know, you still get the challenge. The challenge has not changed. It's still there. But it's just not wasting my time with the save states. Yeah. And in, in literally, quite literally, it was Bethesda games that taught me to be a, a safe scumming fucking type player. You, you, know? save, you, you have your rotating three saves. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's because, what Fallout has always been for me. Because I I do not... There's been multiple times that I've been playing Fallout 3, for example, uh-huh. where I play for X amount of hours or whatever, and have autosaves turned off, you know, just because that's that's fucking gamer I am. So you play three fucking hours, you die, and then you have to go back and play through all that shit again. Now, is it easy enough to turn autosaves back on? Absolutely. You know, when 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 you can save when you open up every single fucking door and all things like that. Absolutely. And what it broke me up into is, okay, at this certain point, for example, in Fallout 3, when you get to the vault door, before mm-hmm. you're actually about to exit, when the game asks you, okay, are you sure about this, 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 your character stats, your, you know, like, who you are, your name, your why your character looks, blah, blah, blah. I, I have so many saves from that point <laughs> where I just play through the bullshit of whatever, you know, because none of that matters because by the time you actually hit that door, it's just like, are you sure? Yeah. Oh, okay. You you're not sure. Change all this shit. You know, and like, and I can mold my character how I want that way. There's a couple like, especially in Fallout Three. There's a couple like, uh, um, I don't know, NPC quest lines. I guess that you can you can fuck up in the beginning right there. You know, but as long as you take a neutral route through that entire section right there, it's like okay, you got you got a fresh ground. Yeah. And so, I got used to that. Skyrim, basically the same fucking thing. You know, like you you you're out on the uh you know you're riding that carriage down to that first little place and stuff and the, like alduin comes in and like you know does this whole dragon breath thing and everything goes crazy and like you move on through the level and everything like right there man right at character creation screen save 
you know, right when you get to the end of that whole tutorial, you know, it's just like, oh, here's Skyrim, here's the open world, safe, you know, and then like, well, that's, that's what's important too. Point. Is getting, yeah, is getting past that. Like, I remember my, my buddy, he would do that like in Final Fantasy games. Like, he would get like, he literally has a save point for Final Fantasy VII that's past the first point of Midgar because he just does not want to play that part over right. again. And I mean, like, I myself, I, I still always have a nostalgic feel for that Midgar part. I'm not saying it's like the greatest section. Sure. I know it's kind of like the getting started, like really the game takes off the second you finally get out of there. But yeah, just there's something to be said about just getting past these tutorials and so mm. on. God, you want... Speaking of tutorials, oh my god, there's this game called Burning Rangers for um, Sega Saturn. I've always kind of known about it, but I never played it. And this is a game made by Sonic Team. So clearly, when, so when, pretty much when Sega was not making Sonic the Hedgehog, remember these time periods where Sega decided not to make Sonic? Sure. <laughs> sure. They made this game called Burning Rangers, and it's literally like sci-fi anime firefighters. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I kid you not, that, that's what it is. And it's a 3D game, so it's like it's kind of a big deal at that point for Sega. You know, that's one of their big 3D ones. Sure. But my god, this tutorial in the game was just like, it started off, and it literally had things like, this game, you know, features like, you know, talking and so on like that, so make sure you have your speakers on. Like, literally, this is a period where you're like, do you, do you remember sometimes being a kid, being like somebody's house, and be like, hey, could you turn those, the volume off in the game? And it's just like, no, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm not turning off. It's like, it's literally just Nintendo sounds. It's like, no, it's the best experience right yeah. there. You yeah. know, before games had dialogue and all that stuff like that, people used to not think much of the sound. But this game was like selling on there and it was like, I kid you not, this tutorial was just like, it was it was like, you think tutorials are almost bad today? Like this one is one of those ones where they're like, um, it's a 3D game. I guess we're gonna have to explain how it works to people. You know what I mean? Right. They, they just came right. from, a, they literally got a Sega Genesis and they've jumped right into the Sega Saturn. What are we going to do to break the mold for them? And I mean, this thing like told us like, okay, you go forward to dodge. You press A right here when you hear the sound and so on. It's like, yeah, okay, I got it. And then like they would talk. And it was like, if it was maybe like dialogue, like you could skip through it, it'd be sure. fine. But when they talk, it was just like, you had to wait for this lady to tell you how to do stuff. And then I mean, like, it was just like, I don't know. To me, it feels like second nature. Now granted, once again, this could have been like the first 3D game somebody sure. ever played. So... Maybe, like, they were thinking that, like, hey, this is actually kind of important yeah. to let you know. But I, I, this is the way I look at it. When I, when I put up Mario 64, it doesn't fucking tell me how to play the game. No, no. And <laughs> tutorials are always, like, a really weird thing for me. Um, Crash the, Bandicoot the doesn't most... tell me how to play the game when I boot it up. No, no. And the most recent, recent example was uh, that I personally played has been either Far Cry 5 or God of War. And I'm going to talk about Far Cry 5. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know... It's a Far Cry game. It's very narrative driven. It's very cinematic. You know, like you, you. I don't want to give away too much about this game, but essentially, you go to go arrest this cult leader, and some shit fucking happens. In that, in that whole cutscene, you know, shit's happening. Fucking crazy sparks, triple A game. You know, imagine super, you know, explosions and fucking, you know, just crazy, crazy shits going on. But what what that game succeeds at is. If you have never played a Far Cry game, mm -hmm. it teaches you the fundamentals of how Far Cry works in, now, in today's world, under Ubisoft, you know? Yeah. If you're a veteran of the series, it's all very familiar, and you're able to blow through that tutorial section like nothing. But that tutorial section still means something, because there is new features, you know, that the game kind of slow releases to you over the course of this little teeny little island that you start out on. Uh -huh. And literally, in like, in half an hour, 45 minutes, you know, of like, you know, talking to this NPC, running, doing this quest, you know, talking to this NPC, running, doing this quest. Literally within 45 minutes, me being like an experienced Far Cry player, it was just like, bam, here's the open world. 
Yeah. Okay, now I'm in the Far Cry. Um, but then you get... I, I, I talked to my buddy Nick about um, Monster Hunter World. Again, I haven't personally played that game. Mm -hmm. I played the beta a little bit, and unfortunately, like playing that beta, I was so confused on what the hell I was doing <laughs> at all. That's what happened to me when I played the demo once when they on like one of the 3DS ones, and I was like, well, this is kind of cool, but I have no... I just felt like I was so lost. You have no fucking idea. Now... He's telling me that the the actual full release kind of explains itself a lot better than that beta did. However, w when you're 12, 14, 16 hours into that game and it's still tossing tutorial messages at you, that's a bit much, man. Well, this that's is what else kind of bothers me, too. It's like, now this game's not mature, but, like, when you get a mature-rated game, why is there even a tutorial in it? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's like... You, an E-rated game, if it had a tutorial in it, I could almost get that. Yep. You know? But, like... I don't know. I, I really think that if you're gonna if you're gonna put a tutorial in your game, make it optional. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like perfect example is like Gears of War One. It asks you right at the beginning. You get yep. out of prison. It's like, what do you want to do? You want to go left to the tutorial? Or you want to go right to the action? Yep. That's what every game should have. Yep. You know this forceful tutorial, like that Burning Rangers one, took like 15 minutes. Like yeah. I literally thought about turning the game off during that tutorial. Like I I waited it out like a, like yeah. a good gamer should. Worst part is I never save, so I probably never play that game again. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. <clears throat> okay, so 2016, I played Bloodborne for the very first time. Okay, 2011, I had played Dark Souls. Dark Souls kicked my ass so fucking hard that I did not. I hated that fucking game. Fuck Dark Souls, right? Mm -hmm. Bloodborne got me into the Soulsborne series. From there, I played Dark Souls three, Dark Souls two, Dark Souls one. After the original Dark Souls one was completed, and this was yeah, right right towards the end of 2016, I jumped into Demon's Souls, right? Uh, and Demon's Souls was, like, the PS3, this is the basis, this is the, like, foundation of what Souls is, right? Mm -hmm. So from going from, like, the most advanced at the time, being Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3, all the way back down to Demon's Souls, I had learned a lot in that entire journey, right? So when I get to this game, this game, hands down, has absolutely the best tutorial Ever. Like, in, in my personal view, uh -huh. ever. This game explains a little bit to you about what's going on in the world. Kind of, you know, like, slow feeding you, you know, little bits of information, you know. And then all of a sudden it drops you into World 1-1, which is Boletaria. Yeah. That level, I can imagine. If, if I started in Demon Souls, fuck that game. <laughs> I would not do it. I just wouldn't, you know. Like, I... I probably would have got my ass kicked so hard that it would have mimicked my my original Dark Souls experience. Uh -huh. But, again, being a seasoned player, knowing the mechanics well, yeah, of these now games, now I know how it works. But even still then, I can still recognize what FromSoft did with that level. This is a level of shortcuts and... Essentially, like to give you like a scene, it's it's very medieval, you know. Like mm -hmm. there's there's this castle and there's large gates and there's huge tall towers and things like that. And there's just it's just ridden with enemies. There's like a dragon that comes in in the in the initial cutscene and uh -huh. all this shit. So, anyways, you're you're laying siege against this fucking castle. Essentially, is what you're doing, you know. And you work your way, and like the very first enemy you run into is like. Just a regular hollow, you know, just regular ass enemy, you know, he kind of charges at you a little bit and flails around a little bit, and yeah. you're, you're starting to learn the basics of combat, you know. The game doesn't tell you shit. It doesn't tell you that R1 is attack, R2 is a heavy attack, circle is your, you know, your dodge out of the way. It doesn't explain any of that. You kind of figure it out as a player. 
when a tutorial doesn't hold your hand yep. like that in the start of a game, and when your player base, you look at the trophies in that game, the very first boss has like an 80% um, completion rate. So like 80% of the players that have started that game or have that game in, in, in their console have beaten the first boss. The second boss, World 1-2... The second boss of that has like a 24 or 33, some, somewhere around yeah, that's that range. Amazing. That's how hard that game kicks your ass. But it's also the game design that is so ballsy that says, I'm not going to hold your fucking hand. You figure this shit out. And, and that's what you need, though. Is you need, like, I like that. You know what's even like the worst one, though? Is the games that literally have like either they slow down or they pause to tell yeah. you. Like, like you'll, be, you'll be running along, you're having a good mm-hmm. old time, and then all of a sudden it's like... Press X to jump! And yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. And then they'll show you like some like half-assed animated picture of your character jumping. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I know what jumping looks like. You don't yeah. need to tell me. like, And I don't know what it is. Like As I said, like if it was an E-rated game, I can kind of understand a tutorial because you're assuming it's a kid that never has played video games before or something like that and he's probably halfway retarded. But when it's a, a mature-rated game, I'm assuming this person has been playing video games for like 10, plus, 15 man. years. You know what I mean? I mean, granted, it's always going to be somebody's first game at some point. You sure. know what I mean? You know, you know, maybe somebody's like, yeah, I never got the video games, but I'm going to try this Metal Gear Solid out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and boom, that's where they start off with. But I don't know. It's like tutorial things. It's one of those ones, and I don't know if it's this weird thing. Like, there's this like mix. Like, there's people out there. It's like you. Always, it's it's almost like that kind of concept of like when it goes like when you're explaining stuff. Like, if you have to explain instructions to somebody, yeah. they always say they don't say it in this word, but they always say you got to explain it to you like your audience is pure retarded. You know what sure. I mean? Like that's what sure. it is. And I think I, I don't know if they're taking that video game concept going like. We just gotta assume that there's gonna be a bunch of people out there that have no idea what they're doing. Like they're literally like slapping their face as like they're starting the game, yeah. and they're you know running into the wall and so yeah. like they just don't get it, yeah. you know. And it's kind of like it's perfect examples. Like a lot of times too, it's like sometimes if you notice somebody who hasn't played like modern video games, it's like cause the biggest modern video game thing is that you almost kind of forget it's the twin sticks. Sure. And that really will. Th- it's like somebody could have played like platforming games like their entire life, fighting games their entire life be totally fine if they've never really played modern games those twin sticks will get them so quick it's, yeah. it's amazing you, i almost take it for granted because it's just like oh it's, you know it's, what i mean like it's second natural. nature to me by now but i like to say this when twin sticks came out i didn't even use them till about like ps3 xbox 360 era really? i literally really? passed on them unless i had to use joysticks mm-hmm. in ps2 and ps1 pretty much never you know it was one of those ones like i remember the first twin sticks game i ever had to play was ape escape on playstation one because right. Right. You had to use the DualShock controller. And it was like one of those ones like the, I, you know, I want to say the DualShock came out like right beforehand, but this is the first game that you had to have a DualShock to play it. Yeah. And I just remember that being like, it was, it was, just, it was like tough to get into that. It was yeah. like, oh my gosh, you yeah. know. And it was just like, and that game was meant to teach you how to use dual do joysticks, but mm-hmm. like, as I said, like I play PS2 games most of my time on the D-pad. Like most games I played, like if I played Devil May Cry, I didn't use sure. a joystick. I used the D-pad. Sure. I didn't, you know, what I mean, like Metal Gear Solid. Well. If you could use the, D- I can't remember. Could you use the D-pad on Metal Gear Solid Two and probably not three, but two. Two, I'm pretty sure. Yes, at least the original PS2 mm-hmm. release. I'm pretty sure you could. Because I was gonna um, say, like you know, because it was still static camera back then. Yeah. So. Well, the, the, the original uh, Metal Gear Solid Three static camera too. I mean, yeah. Which is it's so weird for me to think about that nowadays. Like I don't know what it is. It's hard for me to imagine. Like oh yeah, the first time I played through Metal Gear Solid Three, you couldn't move the camera around. Yeah, because like, I think. So, well, it's so like semi. 3D camera came out with uh, subsistence. Subsistence, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just that, like, oh man, I'll never forget that too, man. Because I, 
I remember how bullshit it was, or at least my thinking at the time, how bullshit it was that you didn't have a fucking radar. You know, you still had a camera, but you didn't have a fucking radar. But you had the first person view, and that was literally, you walk into a new area, you can't see shit, you know, other than what the game is trying to show you. Mm -hmm. you. You hear enemies walking around, you have to go into first person mode. That made me play that game so cautiously. Nowadays, where I'm able to actually have a 3D space to move my camera around, you know, like, I sprint through that fucking game. Yeah. No problem. You know? Well, the funny thing, too, about Microsoft 3 is, that, like, it was almost like, by not having the radar, the enemies aren't nearly as big of, like, a deal as they are yeah. in 2. Like, 2 is a big deal, like, you know what I mean? Like, or even worse is 1. 1, you, the enemy sees you, they just instantly, like, slap that yep. button down, the yep. thing goes off. But there's always a way that you can sort of fix it, like... In one, if you just run out of the room and run back in, yeah, everything's back to normal again. You're oh, fine. God. Oh. You're fine. <laughs> what happened that guy? Oh, I don't know. Two had that also. Well, two, you, like, a lot of times you'd have to go through multiple rooms to get there, though. Like, you couldn't just yeah. go through one. But two gave you just a little bit of time. The guy didn't just instantaneously, like, hit the radar the second he saw yeah. you. He had to, like, run away and then be like, there's somebody in the building! You know? And in that period, you could, like, go up and either tackle the guy or something like that. You know, shoot the guy or something. Like, and then three... The upside of that game is the rate, like, when the alarm went off, all it meant was maybe a couple more guys are going to come out, but you could just stand there and pick them all off, and yeah. then it was yeah, like, well, you, you toss on your camo and you fucking hide, like, the, yeah, or, or you hide, or you just commando your way through, or what have you, you yeah. know what I mean, like, it was like, each game kind of has its own way of sort of, like, dealing with it, which I always thought was kind of interesting, yeah. it's like, you know what I mean, like, you just got to figure out the logistics of, like, how the game works, yeah. and then, boom, go from there. Yeah. And then, going even further into 4, you know, where... You technically, you could have a radar up if you had the right eyepiece or whatever like that. Yeah. But what was interesting about that was the, uh, again, 3D space camera that was right from the get-go. But if you remember, you had that little ring around Snake at all times. And it had a little bump to it where there was, like, enemies coming from or whatever. If you remember that yeah. side of it. That was such a weird change-up for me, too. You know, like... Well, it's just funny how they get farther and farther away from the actual radar. Because I remember, like, in 4, it's like, you could use the radar, but they're going to hear it, or whatever, like, yeah. it was. It's like, well, I guess I'm not using the radar. Yeah, no, <laughs> That no, was no, what no. I first thought. I was like... And I never really felt like I needed the radar in 4. But but I think you know what's the thing? Like, think about, like, design. think how much, like, you relied on the radar in 1 and 2. And it's, oh, and it's funny. Like, the radar was everything. That, if those, I was thinking about, I mean, you could play Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 without the radar if you yeah. put on, like, the hardest mode. Yeah. But really, what you think about that game, it's like, if that game just didn't have radar from the get-go, talk about how difficult that game would <laughs> yeah, be. Yeah, everybody would fucking hate it. Yeah, nobody would be playing it, because it'd be like, it'd be, you, you, the radar almost made up for, like, the, just almost like being able to, you know, just be the older technology. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it was, it was a way simpler game back then. And both Metal Gear, well, and really Metal all of them, except for five, I've, I've played through on, like, either hard mode or European Extreme or whatever the fuck, yeah. you know, and that that's just the super fan that I am, but I could I could totally tell that if the game was like that from the get-go for a fresh nuclear, <laughs> fuck, oh. dude, it would be Dark Souls level of fucking failure, you yeah, know, you, like... You, just, you, you would have to learn where every enemy was, and yeah. you had to stop, and you had to peek around the corner, and yeah. on PlayStation 1, you had to hold triangle to go in that first-person mode yeah. that really was only there just to look. And it's, it's really insane to me that this amount of time has passed, and, you know, I played that game in 98 when it came out. Mm -hmm. I, I, that was my stepdad at the time bought the PlayStation, or sorry, sorry, 
Christmas in 97, my mother bought me the PlayStation, but he kept buying games for himself. He bought Gran Turismo, he bought Siphon Filter, he bought like all these all these different games. And all of a sudden, 98 came around and, and Siphon, I mean, uh, Metal Gear Solid came. Mm. And I'll never forget like seeing that case, that, that bright white fucking case with red lettering on it said Metal Gear Solid. No idea what this thing is. But I remember kind of like catching little bits and pieces of it as he was playing it, not really getting it or anything like that. And I mean, in the actual sense of what Metal Gear is, what's to get, you know, like, yeah. I mean, that came so all over the place, but I love it, you know. Yeah. And then for me, one, one time, you know, like, this was probably early 99, somewhere around there, I get poisoned up. I can't go to school. I got really bad, you know, my skin's all inflamed and all shit. But that man, you know, was staying at home at the time because he was sick and whatnot. But he was staying home at the time and he was watching me. And I was bored with Crash Bandicoot. I was bored with my motocross game, you know. And, like, Mm -hmm. sitting there just kind of rolling my eyes playing this motocross game. and And my stepdad came in and he handed me that case. And he says, you should try this. And I'll never forget just that very first area, man. Like, when you come up out of the water. The elevator. And that very first area and not getting it, you know. There's two guards walking around and whatnot, you know. And then the third guard comes down with the elevator and, like, just not understanding the concept of that game. I'll never forget the first time I walked through a puddle. And Snake left a foot trail behind him. And all of a sudden this guard's just like, huh? Whose footprints are these? Whose footprints are these? That blew my fucking mind as a kid because I'd never seen anything like that before. You know what? That's a perfect example. That right there is the tutorial. Exactly. That first room is a tutorial and they don't tell you anything 100%. what to do. You know 100%. what I mean? Because you, you could almost play in that room. Like, as a, if a, as a kid, you could hang out there for like a half an hour to Easily. an hour. And, Easily. You know, play because you got three guys. They're walking back and forth. One guy comes down the elevator. There's water. You can jump back into the water and hide. Yeah. There's different. You can crawl under things there. I think there's a uh, stun grenades or something in that yeah. same room. Yeah. There's just enough stuff to play with. And then the next room, you know, gives you a little bit bigger room. And then and then you can pick up the SOCOM yeah. and so on. Yeah. And now you're starting to be introduced to cameras. And that game just slowly stacks yes. it onto you. Yes. And that's almost like once again, it's like that's how you do it. Like really, your first level in a game should be a tutorial without yeah. ever saying it's a tutorial it's it's another thing that i've heard um multiple developers in uh um like video documentaries like vidox and stuff like that talk Mm -hmm. about where they'll they'll build their whole game they'll have their concept art from the very start you know of like what they want their game to be they build the game based off that and then they step back at the very end of development and go we built this entire thing how do we teach that player yeah and they build the tutorial last I've seen those types of games, and I've also seen it to where it's very obvious that the very first level you played was the start of development. And that, that start of development, you know, having those tutorial missions at the very start of that game, and that's where they started their game, it's always, generally, I should say, is generally fucking broken. It doesn't teach you enough about the rest of the game. Yeah. You know? So it's just, it's just little, like, developmental tricks that are just... I don't know, I find fascinating, you know, of, like, how these developers actually build games. Yeah, it's the small way of how to teach somebody how to play the game, but without really having to do it. Like, I don't know, Mega Man X and, you know, Ego Raptor, he did a nice video where he, like, breaks it down for, like, 20 minutes of, like, why that first level is, like, the perfect, like, tutorial without ever teaching anything. It's like, 
you start off. If you'd never played the game before, you go, you touch the buttons, you go, okay, this one shoots, this one jumps, this one makes me move, okay, there's a wall on the left side, I guess I can't go that way, I'll go right, you know, and you just keep going, and then you see an enemy, and so on. Then you fall down an area, and you go, what the fuck, am I stuck down here? Oh, wait, yeah. I have a wall kick up, but it never says, mm-hmm. press B to wall kick, or yeah. something like that, you know what I mean? It, it never has to say that. And I almost like, another good example of a tutorial that almost is, it's like, is in a Super Metroid. There's a part where you fall down this hole, and there's this, like, I almost want to say it's like a space ostrich. It's been, like, a while since I played it, but it's like, and it, the space ostrich is literally, it, it just has this animation. It runs, it stops, it ducks down, and then it shoots up and jumps. Yep. That is your tutorial. And this yep. thing keeps doing it over and over, and you're like, what the fuck is this thing? I can't shoot it and kill it and eat it, so yep. what the fuck is it? Like, because yep. that's what Metro is all about. It's like, you just shoot everything known to mankind and just murder thousands yep. of animals over and over. Yep. But what the game was telling you was like, no, no, you go back to the far left, you run right, you duck down, you wait a second, and then you press up, and you'll shoot up in the air. And it's just like, that's perfect. Or it is even yeah. like, so the thing that always makes Super Metroid nice is there's abilities in the game that it never even really explains. You just kind of like, can figure them out, like wall kicking and so on like that. But then maybe you don't know, even notice it until halfway through the game. But the next time you come back around, you can do it right off the bat. And yeah. it's like, things like yeah. that. And it's just like, that. That's, that's what I think makes a good game is when it doesn't have yeah. to tell you anything, you know? See it. And this is where I apologize to keep bringing up Dark Souls, but it, it literally is a perfect fucking example. Um, Dark Souls trains the player in a sense that it's not very forgiving. Mm-hmm. Again, it does not hold your hand. You a lot of a lot of Dark Souls players don't like to hear this, but like in my personal mind, like that is straight up a trial by error type game. Mm-hmm. You learn from your mistakes. You build off your mistakes. You become stronger because of your mistakes. Yeah. You know, the game gives you enough to get you through any type of situation that you might be in, you know, whether it be, you know, kindling a bonfire to get more Estus flasks, which are your health regens and things like that. You know, you can, you can spend a valuable resource called humanity Mm -hmm. where, you, you use this humanity, you kindle a bonfire, instead of having five Estus, you know, like five healing items or whatever from that bonfire, now all of a sudden you have ten because you use this valuable resource. On the back end, that same resource, that thing called humanity, you can use that to turn yourself human again if you have died, turn yourself human again, and all of a sudden that opens up the entirety of the online play. So you can summon players in. Yeah. The downside to that is that when you're in that state, when you summon in players, you're more you're more likely to get invaded by another player. So all of a sudden, PvP comes into the factor there. Mm-hmm. This is all shit that the game does not tell you, like, right off the bat. But yeah. once you start figuring these things out, you know, like, that game becomes really fucking good. A boss, for example, the Asylum Demon, at, at the very start of the original Dark Souls, the Asylum Demon teaches you that this boss has a very set set of rules essentially. Mm-hmm. This boss will have three, four, maybe five attacks, and you need to learn those attacks, and you know, you need to learn where to block, where to dodge, how to counter, you know, like, and basically what it, what essentially the Asylum de- Demon teaches you is to get behind enemies, get behind bosses, hit them in the back, because they're not going to be able to hit you from there. Yeah. All of a sudden, that knowledge translates to the entirety of the game. You know, you're fighting a regular hollow or whatever, he he winds up for like a really big heavy attack and whatnot. You have ample time to move, to run around, and now. you can just 
get behind him. And all of a sudden, he throws that attack down, and he's just going to attack where he's going to attack. Now you're behind him. You tap R1, you get a backstab in. Yeah, the you game get, has get, taught you how to fight this creature. Through its gameplay. Just by paying attention and kind of like, yeah, just and trial it, by error. Which, oh, it, that reminds me kind of like, that's almost like how the old Alone in the Dark games are. Because sure. the old Alone in the Dark games just don't give you any rhyme or reason like why things happen, you know? You just be walking along, oh, the floor falls out, you're dead. Yep. And it's just like, you know, at least that game has got safe states, yeah. so that, that makes it not like you can just save anywhere you want, yeah. you know, and so on. Well, then I see that's what I mean, like PC games, it goes back, like, dude, PC mm-hmm. games had safe states since, like, the 80s, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, come on, like... See, but, I uh, don't... Dark Souls has, uh, speaking strictly Dark Souls, like the original Dark Souls, there's a few moments where it breaks its own rules. One of which being, um, you run into this this boss called Seath. Seath is Seath the Scaleless. He's this giant fucking dragon that that sits atop this like high tower or whatever, and he is like made made friends with Gwyn, which is like the Lord of Cinders and blah 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 blah. Anyways, point being, when you get to Seath's place, when you get to the Duke's archives, you know you climb this massive fucking tower and stuff. And Dark Souls has been teaching you the entire time to. Take it slow, shield up inch by inch. Yeah. You know, is like is your basically your first playthrough because you have no fucking idea what's around that corner. Yeah. You have no goddamn idea. But you know that the consequence for death means that you have to go all the way back to the bonfire and you have one chance to get back to that spot. Now, to is it Dark Souls, Souls? Are those bonfires like few and far between? The original Dark Souls, yes. Okay. Dark yeah. Souls two is very much clack 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 clack. There's a thousand fucking bonfires. Yeah. Bloodborne kinda went. Back to that original Dark Souls sense where you do have long stretches of, of play, you know, mm-hmm. before you get to the next checkpoint. Uh, Dark Souls 3, unfortunately, went right back to that sense with just bonfire after bonfire after bonfire. There's, there's like, two or three places in Dark Souls 3 where you can stand at a bonfire and literally see the next bonfire. bonfire. That's fucked up, dude. Yeah. Anyways, but that, that original Dark Souls, man, just, like, I don't know, man. Like, the remaster's coming out. And I know I've, I've been trying to, like, tell you for, like, years now that, to play this fucking game. But now that the remaster's coming out, now that it's going to be, like, actually updated and looking good and running good, try that game, dude. Just just as an old school gamer, like, just please, just at least try it. Mm-hmm. It's co- It'll cost you 40 bucks out the gate, you know. Well, cool thing you get for Switch, too. Like, just, just try it. Because I think that you're going to appreciate it so much more than the average gamer because mm-hmm. of these things, because of these self-reliance things. Yeah. And it, and it brings such a amount of, I don't know really how to explain it, like self-gratification that you have accomplished what seemingly was the impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I've, just, I've never really felt any kind of accomplishment like that in a video game before. Yeah. When you were beating your head against a boss for so long and then all of a sudden try a new strategy or think of a new strategy, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead of dodging right here, maybe I should block. Yeah. Instead of blocking right here, maybe I should parry. Instead of parrying right here, maybe I should back off and heal. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's so many different ways to play that game. There's so much build variety. There's so many different armor sets and weapon sets and, like, just almost like virtually endless possibilities within this game world yeah but but the core of that game what i keep coming back to is that the game has set rules Mm -hmm. within those set rules the game has to act like that so 
what your rules are as a player within that world, the game is acting exactly the same way. Again, there's a couple of spots where it breaks that. And what I was trying to get to is with Seath the Scaleless, this giant dragon thing at the top of this mountain. Mm -hmm. You get up to the very top of that, the game has an item right there. And there's like these big glowy white fucking aura things, you know, yeah. and that, that tells the player that there's something there to go interact with. So you pick up this item, all of a sudden you get this, this ring called the Ring of Sacrifice. The Ring of Sacrifice states that upon wearing this ring, you know, you put this ring on, upon death you're not going to lose any of your souls. That, that's a huge thing in Dark Souls, yeah. is that if you die, you lose your fucking souls. Yeah, you yeah. have one chance to get back there to reclaim those souls. So, the game is telling you right then and there, even though the standard gamer isn't going to view it as this, the, the game is telling you right there, put this fucking ring on. Yeah. Because you're about to lose your souls. I didn't know that the first time I went through. I read that item description, I was like... Okay, cool. I guess I'll use that at some point. You yeah, know? Well, then, you, your natural thing is like, if I use it, it's gonna disappear. Like it's yeah. like it's like a one-time use item yeah, or something. Exactly. So I walk through that fucking fog gate, you know, which is like the boss wall essentially. You know, like I walk through this fog gate, instant death. The game fucking kills you. Yeah. And it and it teaches you that okay, an item description. I actually have to fucking reach it. I actually have to pay attention to yeah, what read these this thing. things mean. I have to piece together the lore that way. I have to, you know, like, there's so much about that game where if I didn't read anything, I would have no fucking idea what's going on in Dark Souls. Yeah, you can't just willy-nilly run through it just hoping to find, you know, figure out what's going on next. So again, that's kind of a cheap move I personally feel about that. That the game kind of hands you something, but it's not really signposted so well and then kills you right off the bat and then you don't have a chance to go get those souls again because yeah. you spawn somewhere else because of that yeah so that, that that's a little bit cheap. i mean like granted it did give you an item but at the same time just it gave you an opportunity but you know it's like a lot of times like you know well items in games like you know and sometimes you hold on to them at the very end of the game because it's like it feels like it's a one-time mm -hmm. use thing and the next thing you know it's at the end of the game you're like should have used that item yeah <laughs> i don't know how many games like that like how many fucking times man like i'm playing skyrim for example and it's just like you, you pick up a, a sweet ass potion that makes you run fucking 500 times speed or whatever you know like are you going to use that right now? No. You know, I'm going to hang on to that fucker for later because I know I'm going to use it at some point and then you, you're 500 hours in and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot I had this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like... Well, it's like, I always think of that like in Resident Evil. It's like, I've always done the thing where you like, you conserve your ammo and the next thing you know, you're, you get towards the game and you're like, shit, I got a lot of fucking ammo yeah. and then you realize you don't have enough enemies left in the yeah. game to use, yeah. not even like a quarter of it on, you know what I mean? Like, I've done that so many times where it's like, I end the game and it's like, you still have like 24 Magnum rounds left. You're like, that is such, like, sure. and I've kind of learned that, like, no, the thing to do is, like, you conserve your ammo right off the bat in Resident Evil, but once you kind of get about 20% in the game, mm -hmm. who cares? Just start using it, because yep. you're going to get so much ammo, yep. unless you're playing on, like, the hardest mode ever. Yep. You know, you're going to, if you're just playing on the normal mode, you're going to get so much ammo that might as well just start using it, because yep. next thing you know, you're going to get to the end of the game, you're going to have, like, 50 shotgun shots and, like, 20, you know, 38, like, magnum rounds and so on. Yep. And you didn't use any of it because you conserved it and you go to using the boss, you shoot the boss six times or something like that, and he's, he's dead, and now you have yeah. all this extra ammo that you could have just been blowing zombies' heads off with left See, and right. And that was, that was a big revelation for me within Halo, is that Halo, you pick up the sniper rifle, you pick up the rocket launcher, you pick up the fucking brute, you know, cannon thing or whatever. These are like power weapons within the game, you know, these are like really fucking powerful weapons. A big revelation for me is, and this is campaign is what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, 
use them when you fucking pick them up. Yeah, they're placed there for a fucking reason. Use them. And and you're and, not you're not going to gain anything by hanging on to that rocket launcher with two fucking rockets in it until the end of the until the end of the mission. More often than not, you're going to finish that mission and still have the two fucking rockets left over, and then you go in the next mission and it's gone anyways. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I've learned that in kind of modern because I think it's before the olden days you just keep picking up guns and there was no yeah. such thing as like uh you know you can only carry two guns and Halo being like oh shit you can only carry two guns. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of learning because I, I, I've accepted, like, in Halo, I can, I'll use any gun that I find. I yeah. am not biased. Yeah. I, I used to be biased back then. You, you said those things where, like, oh, I don't want to use these dirty alien guns. Yeah. Like, give me a machine gun or something. Pistol you know, but now it's like, fuck, I'll, I'll pick up the plasma pistol, I'll blast my button, and I'll toss that over, and I'll pick up a needler because that's, like, one of my favorite ones, and I'll keep yeah. blasting it. And I'll, I'll just pick up anything and everything. I, I, I like them all in Halo. I'll take yeah. any gun and every gun. And there's something to be said about kind of that. I almost feel like the gameplay is almost a little bit better, like, when you're sure. switching around your guns yeah. instead of just kind of. Well, you're it's, it's, bearing up your tactics. Yeah, well, it's like you know, it's easy to get the point where it's like, oh, I'm just going to use the you know the assault rifle, and I'm going to use the sniper mm -hmm. rifle, and that's going to be my two main guns, you know. Yeah. Or like in, in Gears of War, you get kind of stuck with that lancer. Sure. It's like, well, I've got a chainsaw, and I don't want to yeah. lose a chainsaw. Yeah, now, right. what if somebody else comes up with a chainsaw? What am I going to do? Hit them? Yeah. You know, yeah. What I mean? <laughs> you know. But like even in that one too, it's like it's something's kind of fun just to toss the gun to the side and just go, whatever. I'll pick up any gun. It doesn't make a difference. Like yeah. you know, Which, granted, right. you still kind of. It's always good to kind of have the Lancer board. Yeah. The, the Lancer is a little bit better than all the other things, in yeah. a sense. It's like, it's kind of like this... It boils down to, like, take a step further into Halo 2, man, when, when you get dual-wielding, you know? And that's like, why is that dual-wielding not brought back in the Halo? Like, why? Why did they get rid of it? They got rid of it for, like, three games ago, too. It's like... I don't know. Had, I think the last game they had was Halo 3. It's not, it's not in Reach, it's not in um, uh, 4, and it's not in 5. Because how, how badass did you feel when... Even, even like, with quote-unquote shit-tier weapons, you know, you have two plasma pistols in your hand. Bam, 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 bam. Charge those bad boys Dude, up. Dude, dual charge and a fucking melee to a to an elite, that, that elite's done. Doesn't yep. matter what color it is. It could be fucking gold, could be black for all you care. You know, like, two charged fucking pistol shots like that and a melee attack, done. Yeah. Easy. That, that's what I like about Wolf, the new Wolfenstein games, because I felt like that sort of brought back the double mm -hmm. weapons. Because really, double weapons was like, it was a big deal. You know, every first person shooter had double weapons, yeah. you know, in the 90s. You know, Duke Nukem had it, Doom had it, you know, Goldeneye had it. Everybody had it, you know, Perfect Dark and so on. And then all of a sudden, Turok had it. Yeah. I think Turok, maybe Turok didn't have it actually, no, I think about it. But everything else pretty much had it. Um, so it's like, to take that away, and it was gone for like so long. Like, nobody was using double weapons anymore. And it's like, why? It's like, that's cool. You know right. what I mean? Like, I think, I think one is like, well, in the military, nobody's gonna run around with two pistols, or you know, or like something like that. It's like it's a video game. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> it may, okay in Rainbow Six, maybe I don't need to be running around with sure. two fucking rocket launchers, sure. or maybe I do. I don't know. Sure. You, know like, you know, I mean, there, there was a time and a place where it was like, come on, Halo, it's in space. We're fucking marines in space, kicking ass, like yeah. you know, what I mean, you're fighting a, space terrorists, super soldier fighting the fucking Covenant Armada. Like, give come on. give me double pistols, give me double like whatever I want to carry. You know what I mean? And that's what I love about Wolfenstein. Is they brought that back and just said, "Fuck it, we can do it." So, speaking on the Halo fucking topic, so here we are in 2018. Halo Five came out in what 15, 16, something. Yeah, like? nobody's talked about. It. I've, I've been waiting for Halo Six this whole time. Where? Where is it? Well, would, this is the thing I thought was kind of dumb. Is like when they were, you know, this goes back a while, but like when they released the Xbox Pro or Xbox Elite or what do they call it again? Xbox. So there's Xbox One, Xbox. Not the S. S and the, one, Xbox One X. Yeah, X. There you go. That, that's what it's called. 
But um, when they released that, it was like it was so dumb that like that thing came out and they actually didn't have a game to go with it. Like in no. a sense, it was like that would have been the most opportune time to either have one of two things: Gears of War five or Halo, you know, six. Like, and, and Halo six would have been the more like appropriate one because Gears of War yeah. came out, I guess, not too much longer. But that's still been a while too. That's been like almost over two years at least. I yeah. think I think because that game came out like not last spring but the spring before. Yeah. I want to say so that one's almost due to come out. And it's just one of those ones that's kind of like you got a new a new halfway system, but you got no, nothing new to play on other than old well, games. They, they drop Clarion's Battlegrounds. Granted, it, it's a big deal on a console. But you that, can get that, that like on a PlayStation, can't you? No, no. You, the, the only thing you can get it on is PC. Oh, and okay. I, and I bought it last March, like whenever it came out, and you know, uh, I bought Clarion's Battlegrounds, and I played the living fuck out of it for majority of last year uh-huh. then all of a sudden you get this you get xbox one x is coming out in september of last year and their flagship fucking product for this brand new console that's touting you know 4k 60 frames crazy specs on it blah 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 is player unknowns battlegrounds and it's like okay like I, I can see the appeal of that but this game's still in fucking alpha or in beta you know alpha beta state yeah. right now that's your flagship product and then the next two uh, Microsoft exclusives was Sea of Thieves. You know, like, so Sea of and, Thieves... And that was like, I was excited. When I read about that, I'm like, this sounds awesome. And then I literally saw a trailer of it, and I was all, oh, well, that didn't look nearly as cool as I thought it apparently was. Apparently, it's fucking shit. Like, apparently, there is no content in that And game. the sad part is, it's a, it's a rare game, so you kind of want to hope for the best. Sure. I mean, I know rare's not, like, it all... Like, there's probably nobody... Yeah. It's, like, three times over, like, completely different people. But... You you want to hope for the best, but I just remember kind of looking at it. And it just kind of, I was, yeah. I was just like, well, it's it's apparently it's it's a totally social experience type game. Yeah, see, it's, it's it, a pseudo it, MMO. When I, when I heard that, it was just, it was everything I don't like in a video game. So yeah. I was like, it was just totally the pirate part was appealing to me with the rare aspect, and yeah. then all of a sudden I was like, yeah. yeah. And everything that I've seen on it, the game is fucking gorgeous. The people that actually like it really fucking like it. I but mean, at the same like time, anything, when you can get into it, it's probably. When, when a majority of the reviewers, like the respectful reviewers that I actually pay attention to and whatnot, and I'm not talking to your IGN, I'm not talking yeah, to your GameSpot, you know, crappy like, guys. these are like, you know, people that get money through Patreon that don't have to do ad revenue and, you know, get paid to make yeah. these reviews. When they're saying, you know, there's nothing to this game, there's no content, there is nothing. Now, granted, their roadmap looks huh. great, you know, like, from launch to, like, the, the end of this year... The roadmap for Sea of Thieves looks awesome, you know, because there is all this extra content coming out, but why release when you did? Why? You know, if you're going to make a bare-bones fucking game, make it free-to-play. Yeah. Why charge people 60 bucks for something that's not ready? Yeah. Or charge, like, a reduced rate for early adopters, like Steam does, you know, where you pay $15, well, and there's a lot of games on Xbox One that have that. They literally have, like, a disclaimer that says, yo, this game's not done yet, yeah. so it's your fault for paying 30 bucks." Yeah. And let the gamer make that decision to where if they know up front that the game is not finished, but there is going to be progress on it, yeah. let them make that decision. Don't charge something fucking Well, when it comes to Microsoft and Rare, that's bad, I feel. I, you know what I mean? Extremely like, bad. Microsoft and Rare should never... They should be 100% done. They should be 120% done by the time. Easily. You know what I mean? Like, there's no excuse. It's like, 
That's like Nintendo like half-assing a game or Sony half-assing a game. Yeah. I mean, you don't half-ass your own games. Yeah. You you know what I mean? You yeah. let you know a small company have will have, might half-ass their own game, but you know a, the biggest company like that that's making the yeah. system. It's just kind of bummer because it's like one's one's like I got the Xbox One. And it's like I always want to get something for it, and I really haven't. The last big deal game I got was Gears of War Four. Yeah, they, there hasn't been anything else since then, yeah. really. You know, I mean, I buy a token game here and there on there that like maybe just a save room yeah. either on my PS4 or something yeah. like that. But um, I mean, the only other game that I played this game probably came out before, but I played it a little bit later. Was the that Recore game was fucking sick. Yeah, and I didn't finish it yet, but it was totally awesome. And it, the cool thing about it is it's like it's made by the guy who did Metroid um, Trilogy or Prime Trilogy. Mm-hmm. They or worked on that section. So it's this game on Xbox One that's exclusive, but it's like it feels like you're playing a Nintendo game. Like that game sure. felt like it should have been on the Switch almost. Sure. Like that's what it was. But it, I thought that was awesome. Sure. I, I really dug that game. I, to me, that was my type of game. Well, and this is where... Sadly, I think Xbox was like the worst place for that game to come out for because yeah. I, I just don't think the Xbox audience could understand what that game was about. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was too Nintendo... With an Xbox like almost like overlay, like that makes Xbox sense. Title it, it, on, yeah. it looks like because it plays like a Nintendo game, like it, you know what I mean, like because it just it's you know like that, but it has like the look of like an Xbox. Sure. If that makes sense, you know sure. what I mean. Like it looks like it, it could be like an offshoot in the Halo universe, yet it plays like a Nintendo game. It's it's, it's a weird thing, but I thought it was awesome. So so this is where I've been extremely observant, and again, like starting that game group on Facebook like six fucking years ago, I, I've been very observant of. You know, you got your Nintendo guys, you got your PlayStation guys, you got your Xbox guys, and you got your PC guys. And then uh-huh. you got your random mobile guys and, you know, board game guys and shit like that. They don't really care. But, but those primary four, you know, six years ago when I started that fucking thing, you know, like, Xbox was on fire, man. This was like the end of the 360, 360 age, yeah. you know. And yes, Xbox 360 had... I mean, look at my fucking library right there, you oh, know? Like, I have, like, 360, 360 is a, fucking games sitting right there. Yeah, it, it was a great system. But you then mean, all of a sudden, you know, Sony stepped in and fixed all their problems from the PS3 age. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, now Sony's starting to get all the exclusives. Sony's starting to get this. Sony's starting to get that. The console specs anymore are so similar in nature that you really can't tell anymore. At least in terms of like when you have a PS4 image and an Xbox One image yeah. playing side by side the exact same thing. You really can't tell mm-hmm. that much, I should say. But the, the problem now is, is that the Xbox fans are so heavy into their fandomism that the Xbox One X comes out and they are fighting it so hard against, like, all the Sony guys because, you know, the Sony guys are saying, well, you know, I get to play Horizon. I get to play The Last of Us. I get to play Uncharted. I get to play God of War. You know, like, all... I get to play Bloodborne. They're, they're speaking of, like, these extreme, you know, exclusive IP titles that are genre-defining. Yeah. Now, the Xbox players with the X that just came out this last year are like, well... Now we have a more powerful console. And it's like, okay, well, what do you have? Yeah. And they always revert to third-party games. They always say, like, well, I can play Far Cry 5 at 4K and 60 frames. I can play Ghost Recon Wildlands at 4K 60 frames. I can play, you know, on and on and on. And it's like, is that technology boost really worth it? The the 499 that the Xbox One X is, is it really worth it to be able to play third-party games at a higher fidelity? 
Yeah, to me, it's one of those ones that's kind of good. I mean, if I had all the money in the world, I would buy one of those Xboxes. Absolutely. Fuck it, I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? And, and I'm one of those people, like, I, I, I feel like, though I feel like I got fanboyism to all the systems, mm-hmm. like, I'm one of those people, I, I believe in, like, the, I always call it, like, I believe in the I gotta catch them all kind of thing. Sure. I want an Xbox, I want a PlayStation, I want a Nintendo, I want a Sega, I want an Atari, I want a PC. I yeah. want every single one of them. Because the thing is, I go for the exclusives. That's yeah. my favorite thing about systems, yeah. is the exclusives. That's what separates them from all the same. I, you know, third-party games, you can get them on anything, yep. whatever, and so on. Like, I, I like to kind of have them all, you know. But what kind of bums me out just about the Xbox is it's like, I want to like it more than it, than it really is. Yeah. I really want to enjoy Maybe it's just because I have, like, you know, Xbox Original, that's a system that people almost forget how good that original oh, Xbox was. That, game, that system has so many, like, lost exclusives. And that's a, it's really like a, like... People don't talk about it very often. Yeah. And that's never brought up online too often. And, you know, every once in a while you'll see somebody talk about it. But for the most part, it's not revered like PS2 is or GameCube. It's kind of like forgotten. Though at the time when it came out, that was like the thing that was almost like... Yeah. It was a big deal. But as time was kind of going on, it's kind of gotten forgotten and so on. But it's like with Xbox One, I just want them. Because I mean, like, here's the thing. Gears of War 4, I'll say this. I like it more than any PlayStation exclusive there is. Gears of War 4, I personally like it more than any of them out there. It's just, but I mean, yeah. Gears of War is like my favorite, one of my favorite yeah. series. So, granted, there's a little bit more biasness there, sure. but yeah. like that. But the thing is, it's like, okay, that's amazing. The Halo Master Chief Collection is one of those things that is super cool. It, it, it's like, it's almost like the SNES classic of like Xbox. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the, the Master Chief Collection is literally the reason why I almost hung on to that. That Xbox it's one. just so sick, and it's like it's one of the last things that, like, granted these are older games, but like that Halo Two one looks better than like almost anybody else's game. Still to this day, I mean, the only one that that might rival it in terms of like a proper remake, mm-hmm. Shadow of the Colossus this year, mm-hmm. easily the only and that's like, one. That's like two thousand. They're both like two thousand five, I think. Those games, yeah. And to watch. Halo 2, like, one of the most dear fucking first-person shooters to me personally, you know, Uh like, I think I like Halo 3 a little bit more in terms of the multiplayer sense, but, like, in terms of, Halo was so fucking incredible that when Halo 2 dropped, it was, it was Christmas, dude, it was at this house, 2005, Mm -hmm. my mom bought me an Xbox and Halo 5, or Halo 2. Here you go, here's Halo 5, and (laughs) I went to the future. <laughs> Too bad she, when she went to the future, she got me the game, but she didn't get me the right yeah. system. But I was blown away, dude, because I had this little 20-inch CRT TV that I bought for myself, Magnavox. Awesome. It had the S-cord in the back and all that Ooh, shit. Styling. Dude, I plugged that Xbox One in, or that, sorry, Xbox in. Xbox Original, whatever you want to call it. I know. It's, it's, fucking it's, Xbox it's so one. weird because I, 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 I called it Xbox shit. One for the longest time. And then... it, that, that title bugs the fuck out. That, that was stupid. But it's, but it's beyond the point. Yeah. I plug that fucking game in and I play on that TV in S video. Halo 2 blew my fucking mind because so I thought bad. I knew what Halo was until I played Halo 2. Yeah, it's and it was so like, bad. And, and the multiplayer was on point and just like. And that's what's so upsetting about Halo 5. The whole reason why I bought an Xbox One was to play Halo 5, uh-huh. because I'm such a Halo fan. Yeah. And for me to play that, you know, buy the Xbox One, play through Halo 5 in its entirety, play the multiplayer to an extent, you know, like enough, it, as much as I could handle mm. of that, to watch Call of Duty overtake that game's design, to watch 
No split screen multiplayer. <laughs> that that was what really ruined it for me. The no split screen. Playing as Locke was fine. Okay, like I, I get it, but there were so many missed opportunities. So many. Why is the the scene where Locke finally catches up to Master Chief? Why is that not playable? Why yeah. is that a cutscene? It, it should be like you fight and then it cuts to that cutscene. Even even if the fight didn't exist, like if if Locke met up with Chief and it was strictly just QTE events, that'd be fine. That would have made my fucking day. Yeah. Because you have been playing as Chief for so long at this point. You're talking like a, a decade. Yeah, you know, pretty much. Plus, by the time you actually get to Halo 5. Yeah, that's true, I guess. You've been playing as Chief for so long that for the veteran player, you mm-hmm. know, like, like cast, cast these new players aside for a second. For the veteran player that's been playing Halo yeah. since the very beginning, why not allow, if you're going to force us into the shoes of somebody else that's hunting Chief down... Why not allow us to try to face the person that we've been personally playing as for all these years? Exactly. That was such a huge missed opportunity. And literally at that moment, and granted there's a lot more game past that, at that moment I said, fuck Halo 5. <laughs> and and it's, it's a shame because like I like the aesthetic of that game. The I game love the plays design. really smooth. Like, everything about that game plays so amazingly. And I think that this is what bums me out about it. Like, you know, I mean, like, granted, that campaign, like, I will say, like, I never really like it in, it goes with almost any series, but, like, Halo has done it multiple times that, like, no, I want to play as Master Chief. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to pick up a Tomb Raider game and not play as Laura Croft. Sure. You know what I mean? That'd be stupid. Sure. You know? And I always think it's kind of dumb when we're not playing as Master Chief. Now, it's different in Halo 2 because you're trying, now you're seeing both sides of the story. Yeah. Well, so I get that. Well, the Arbiter thing, man, that was... But, and then, like, Halo 3, I like how they just bring that together there, and Halo 4, I'll play like that. And I mean, like, granted, Halo Reach, you, that that's, you're not supposed to be, like, that's a side story. I get that one. But that's the thing about Halo 5. It's like, no, I, I don't want, like, I have that guy hunt me down, but let me be Master Chief the whole time. I just sure. wish you were Master Chief the whole time. Sure. But what really bums me more than anything else is not being able to play that with a friend. Like, mm-hmm. I, got, I got a new Halo game, and I can't play it with a friend. Yeah. And if I have four players or four friends over, we can't play it together. Like that yeah. to me is such a bummer. I, I this I always tell people this. I'm like that is literally like Nintendo coming off the next Smash Brothers and saying like, nope, it's, it's single player or online only. There's no couch play. Yep. And, and some people go, oh, it's not the same. I'm like, dude, it's the same thing. When you think, what's the two biggest multiplayer games of all time? Yeah, Halo and Smash Brothers. Yeah. Like literally, like think about it. like, yeah. I don't care who you are, like. That's it, you know, maybe the closest thing to like that, but it's like, I don't feel it has nearly as much of the longevity, is Mario Party or something like that. But sure. for the most part, those are the biggest, like, if you're going to have four players over, yep. those games are the ones you pop in, you know what I mean, more than yep. any other game. And the thing is, too, is like, you get Master Chief Collection, so amazing. You can play all those games, you can go back and forth between maps from 1, 2, 3, and 4, and even ODST and so on, You or I guess those are just the three ones. You can go back and forth. You can play split-screen campaign through all the games. They all look beautiful. I mean, Halo 2 just blows your mind. But Halo 1 looks amazing on there. Halo 3 and 4 look great on there. You can play it all. That that right there is one of the coolest packages sure. of all time. If they just really put Reach in there, they could have just really topped yeah. it off. But you could download it, I guess, and have yeah. it be that way. But still, still, so amazing. And then for the fact that Halo 5 to come out, and it plays amazing... I mean, the story's, like, not, like, is up to par, but the gameplay-wise, it plays awesome. And then they even got the, like, I will say, like, the one thing I do like in the, the online multiplayer, and, like, for somebody who doesn't play online multiplayer, those, like, every once in a while when every Xbox is like, here, have a free trial, or here, a dollar yeah. for, like, a month, 
is they got that one called Warzone. And that yeah. mode, I mean, it's really more just like, like let's rip off Titanfall, but like, that mode is actually kind of fun in there. Like, I actually like that one, because it's just kind of like, you jump in, it's just like, you can do whatever you want. Like, oh, do I want to go kind of play Capture the Flag, or not really Capture the Flag, but like, Capture the Base? Cool. Do I want to just go shoot computer players and get points? Yeah. Cool. Do I want to go shoot other players and do that? Cool. Do I want to go drive a vehicle around just for the fuck of it? Cool. It, like, it lets you kind of do almost anything you want in one ginormous multiplayer battle. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But you know what would have been amazing? Being able to play off a buddy. Split screen it up. Just like, you know, at least Gears of War... You, you got split screen co-op and you got split screen multiplayer. Yeah. I mean, you don't have four players, but Gears of War's never had four player yeah. multiplayer. So what what bugs me the worst about that entirety of that thing is that it was brought brought to the media that the reason why multiplayer split screen multiplayer doesn't exist in Halo Five is because the hardware can't handle it, and they wanted to maintain the nine hundred p. And that image. to me is like that is fucking bullshit because the N sixty four has four players. An N64 has four players. Yeah. Shit, a Super Nintendo has split-screen multiplayer. Yeah. What is your fucking... Like, that's... Yeah. It's like... It's always been expected that the, that the frame rate's gonna drop when you split the screen. Yeah. Like, who, if, like, who are these people that don't expect that? I mean, like, even, I know... There's a, even then, you, you know, they like, like, Microsoft with Halo 5 was wanting that 1080p 30 frame so bad, and they couldn't even achieve that. They got 900p and 30 frame yeah. single-player. Okay, I get it. The console isn't that powerful or whatever, you know, but still, reduce that down like like the old games did where you get like two inches of black line on the other side. It reduces down to 720p and you get split screen. Why is that not a thing? Yeah, or the, Why uh, Halo still? 1 and 2 didn't even do the, They just have it like it just stretches and, or doesn't yeah. stretch, but it fits the screen. Why still, to this day, the Xbox One X, the quote unquote most powerful console in the world, why is there not a patch for that? I know, that, that's what I thought, too. It's like, that would have been the most perfect time to release, like, the legendary edition of Halo 5 or whatever. Now, and be like, like, cause I would, I'll kid you not, if, if, if Halo 5 came out, I didn't, if it was 60 bucks, but they're like, it's got split screen in it, sure. I would buy it. I would literally sure. go out and buy that game all over again sure. for another 60 bucks just for split screen. That's how much split screen would mean to me, yeah. is being able to have that. I mean, hell, they got fucking Hyrule Warriors coming out on Switch, and it's got split screen in it. Yep. Though I've spent like over 120 bucks on that game because I got it on 3DS and Wii U, almost just to have nice split screen yeah. would almost be worth buying it just for that reason yeah. alone. Because the only thing is the Wii U's got the dumb like the Wii U only they, they did some goofy split screening stuff on there where like one person has to use the Wii U controller and the other person gets like the 56 inch TV. Yeah. And it's like and player one's the one's gonna get fucked over. Not yeah. the guy who spent all the money on this stuff so that your friends <laughs> could have a good time. He he gets like the shaft of everything, but. Like, just that, but, like, I could, you know, I, I would literally go out and buy, rebuy Halo. If you just said, like, that, and you had four-player multiplayer and all that, you, you sold me right there. Because that, to me, like, when I think of, like, having four friends over, like, Halo is, like, one of the most definitive games yeah. of that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I always love to play some Goldeneye, and I know it's hard to find people yeah. nowadays to play it, but, like, Halo, Goldeneye, Smash Brothers, Mario Party, Mario Kart, come on, like, that's, like, what is? It's, like, that's, like, Mario Kart coming out and being, like, we don't have split screen. Yeah. It's it's no different, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the perfect example is, like, every racing game nowadays doesn't even have split screen yeah. anymore. Yeah. And that's what bothers me. It's, like, I, I, there's so many games nowadays that I think would be so cool to play with a friend, and it's, you just can't do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to either play online, and, like, a lot of systems don't even have the LAN mode anymore, too, and it's, like... Yeah. Because that was always kind of like, that's the expensive way of doing split screen. Sure, and it, don't get sure. me wrong, like, the experience is better. Like, you know, 
if you could afford just to have like two nice TVs and back them up against each other and just buy two Xboxes and hook them up together and just buy two copies of every game, yeah. it wasn't like, you know, you didn't even bat an eye at the price. Like, that would have been the awesome way to do everything, you know, just sure. fight your buddies over and be like, here we go, boom, let's just pop in some yeah. games and go we, for it. We used to do that with fucking, like, StarCraft, you know, like, mm-hmm. play, hooking up a fucking LAN party for, you know, PC night or whatever. Oh, you know? me and RJ, we used to do that when we play, like, Resident Evil and stuff, like, that mm-hmm. was one of the cool experiences, like, dude, we're plugging in Resident Evil 5 together, we could sit right next to each other and yeah. so on, but, like, nobody wants to sit next to each other anymore, nobody wants to make multiplayer games. And, and I'm, I'm more in the sense where I get that mentality, I, I understand where we're at technologically yeah. right now and I understand that the online play is is it's know, the e- easily like the, the easiest way to play with people nowadays. Yeah. But I have multiple, you know, games that still have couch co op and like tomorrow, you know, like Matt's birthday is today. Tomorrow I'm gonna go hang out with him all day tomorrow. We have I have this stupid fucking physics based brawler game called Gang Beasts. Is that the one where you check people out in buildings? Yeah. <laughs> you just you just literally just beat the living shit out of each other. It has no rhyme or reason to anything. You're, you're just flailing your fucking arms around and stuff. There's, there's a little bit of strategy to it, but it's not very much. You know, uh-huh. it's, it's very coincidental. Like, like, like it's like chaotic. Random type game. But it's hilarious, you know? That game, when I first figured, found out about it, I went to a random party, you know, over here in Sonora. Mm-hmm. And I come home and I'm like, I need to look this game up. I need to see what it is. It's 20 bucks. I know that I'm not going to play it every fucking day, but I know that for the times that my buddies come over and whatnot, you know, we're going to be able to sit down and beat the shit out of each other and have some fun, you know? Yeah. And, like, and it happened that same weekend, you know? My band came over here, you know? And, like, we're, we're set up in the in the living room out there. and like Pull the game out? All four of us were sitting there and we're playing this fucking game, dude. And it was just, like, it was too much fun. And plus, PlayStation always needs more. PlayStation, like, like to me... This sounds so weird. Like, I don't expect to actually split screen as much in PlayStation as I do Xbox. Xbox has always come across to me as, like, that system, like, was always designed. Yeah. When Xbox original came out, it was designed for four players in mind. Yeah. Where PlayStation's always kind of been like, yeah, if you want, there's some games and you got to get the multi-tap. And, you know what I mean? Like, PlayStation just always felt like a single-player system, no sure. matter what. Even two-player games are kind of weird on PlayStation. Yeah. So Xbox just not like, and it's like okay, yeah, there's some indie ones like you know guys like that. They're making games like that, but it's like that shouldn't be the if those are the guys doing it, that shouldn't be the only people doing it. Like, oh, I know. you know I what I mean? Know. Like if they can do it, like they don't even have to. Do it, you know what I mean? That's them working a little bit extra. Yeah. Like really, at the end of the day, how hard is it for a major company to slap in like some multiplayer? You know what I mean? Like you literally, I don't care. You can do the old school Halo one thing. There's two Master Chiefs running around. I am fine with that. Just carbon copy them. Yeah. yeah. I don't need. I don't need you to make a story out of like why these two guys are together and so on. No, that doesn't need to be because like this is the other one that that in recent news that has really fucking bugged me in that PC culture, you know, is is America right now. Mm -hmm. That I've read multiple articles in regards to Far Cry Five. People are complaining that there is too many. African Americans in that game, in fictional Montana, in fictional you know Christian cult you know type type you know stereotypes and things. That shit is leaking into our video games now, and when a when a game developer or publisher is not able to confidently release something, regardless ah. of what the image is, you have to look at games as art. You have to. Yeah. You know. Um, there's a lot of controversial shit that'll pop up 
in terms of video game violence and, and, you know, what the media portrays on that. It yeah. just happened with the president, you know, like talking with all these major game developers about video game violence and what it's doing to our youth. And people, it's like that at the end of the day, everybody wants to blame everything but the actual issue. They always want to, they want to blame the video games, they want to blame the movies, they want to actually blame the guns, and it has nothing to do with the guns. It's amazing to me because yeah. games are almost getting more and more strategically censored because of this. Far Cry 5 is a phenomenal game. Mm -hmm. It is easily the best Far Cry game that's come out so far. It's the most refined. It, if, if you know Far Cry, you can pick up Far Cry 5 with little to no problem. Right? What, what, if I, what if my only knowledge of Far Cry comes from Far Cry 1? So that being developed by Crytek, a bit different than what Ubisoft's done. But it, essentially, it's the same, the same fucking thing. It's an open world sandbox. You know, uh -huh. like, that's what it is. But the problem with that game, and again, I don't want to get into, like, you know, for your listeners and whatnot, I don't want to get into, like, too much, like, spoiler territory or anything, but the game skirts around these major issues, and the game deals with cults and religion and politics and gun control and gun violence and, like, all this, all this sh shit that is happening to yeah. be going on in our world right here. I don't think the game's about that, per se, but... Um, it definitely touches on some of those issues. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's in, you know, rural Montana, the yeah. fact that it's part of our world now, you know, I could jump into Far Cry 4 and go to the Himalayas out in the middle of Asia somewhere. It's and, and nobody has every, any reference and for, like, blow what everybody is. away, and that's not a problem. Yeah. Far Cry 3, I can go to, like, the South Pacific, you know, and blow everybody away and fucking, you know, kill a million people, and it's not going to affect me at all. But now all of a sudden that it's, like, in our backyard, people are having all these fucking problems with it. And what's, what's so upsetting is that you can obviously tell from that developer that they had to hold back some shit yeah. within their narrative. Because yeah. the game deals with these heavy issues, but skirts around them so hard. It's because it's it's those politically correct people just really fuck things up. You mean that all they, the time? They, they just destroy... Just so much, like, they just don't, they don't allow comedians to say certain mm -hmm. things, they don't allow video mm -hmm. games to portray things, they don't want movies to do things, they really, and this is the worst part about it, like, at heart, like, they believe they're doing something good. Sure. But those people, a lot of times, people that jack things up, like, way more than they do. Like, so many of those, like, issues, it's like, you know, and, and they'll use headlines, and they'll use their tactics, and they'll use all that kind of stuff to, like, get people on their side, but really, they're just jacking things up, yeah. mainly just to make themselves feel happy, and so on. It's yeah. just like, no, just let things happen, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, the world's not a perfect place, like, don't... Like, like, I, like I said, dude, it's, it's a shame, because I really like Far Cry 5 a lot. But once I, you can I start like seeing, like... I it's like almost it's like trying to tell somebody's pulling the curtain back on you, and you yeah. can almost see it. You almost it takes you out of the game. Yeah. If the game just went the distance and just said "fuck," yeah. we're gonna do it. You know what I mean? Perfect example of of game doing that, and this is uh, during a time that I am surprised that it actually came out. But Rockstar's Manhunt, Manhunt was like still to this day. I mean, I I rebought it on PS4 via the PSN or whatever. Now is that you know, one like, edited at all on PS4? That's cool. Nope. I, I, I was just kind of wondering because, like, some of those games, like, I know, like, I remember, like, was, was I guess they're not really edited, but, you know, if you get if you get San Andreas or Vice City yeah. on there, I know the soundtrack's changed, and that was, like, I literally was like, fuck that, I'm gonna go pull out my yeah. PS2 version, you change yeah. the soundtrack on me, you change my, yeah. change my childhood, yeah. <laughs> or not my childhood, yeah. my teenhood. But it's just, it's, I don't know, man, like, 
it's one topic that I wanted to bring up tonight is is about this whole censorship thing and well that's you, you bring up manhunt though like that that time period was like that because then it's also you get into the San Andreas like I was playing San Andreas oh, yeah. games like I don't think a game like San Andreas could be released no. nowadays. God no! Like, cause I just think about like, like it's it, it's you know I mean like that that game is because I mean it's, it's 90, 1991 is when it takes place or ninety three yeah. ninety one or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you just get this most hardcore like it's all based off of like menace to society and boys yeah. in the hood and all this stuff. So they're talking just like they do out of those movies. Yeah. But there is no way you would get that language in that yeah. game again. You know what I mean? Now, like, Grand Theft Auto Five, the most recent version. Kind of gets there, not not quite like San Andreas did, not quite like uh, it probably gets there like in other ways though, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it it touches on the same thing, but in the same sense, like Far Cry Five, it tries to tackle a lot of these heavy issues and things, but kind of skirts around them or figures out a way to you know pull the wool over your eyes that like okay everything's fine, you know like nothing's wrong here, you know and so. I'm sure you saw that uh, that RPG that just came out not too long ago called Kingdom Come Deliverance. Oh yeah, 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 that one. So that realistic fucking nice you know, 1400s, you know, actual historical fact type game, whatever the fuck that game is. I haven't played it myself. It's a game that looked like it should be really cool, but I just didn't think it was going to be as yeah. cool as it looked like it should have been. So of course, people are playing that game, and the activists are stepping out saying, "Where are all the black people?" Well, I'm sorry, in that particular time period, in that particular area of the world, there just, there were not any black people there. There just wasn't. It's, These it, people are going for historical accuracy. Like, And if it's, it, if it's taking place in, like, northern, you know, England and Europe and things like that, it's like, that's just what's going to be there, you know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing about activists and almost, like, protesters and so on, that, like, I just, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for it because it's like, they're, su- they're just very uneducated people that yeah. just speak emotionally. Yeah. That's the worst thing you can do is speak from emotion. Yeah. If you can't speak from reason, don't speak at all. Because yeah. emotion is not going to help any issue. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's like, that's almost like going like, oh, like if we went to say like, why are Wakandas are not just like, you know, half white and have, you know, why is there not Asian people walking around? Why is there not, you know, like, you know, where's, where's the Philippine people? Like, where, where's that represented? It's like, you're in Wakanda. Like, why would there be other yeah. people? You know, I don't think, I just think some people, they just, they don't think. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, and it's weird. You know what I mean? Like. That's like going like, okay, we're going to go to space, you know what I mean? And we're going to be on another, you know, planet that has nothing to do with, like, humans. But now somebody's going to be like, oh, you know, wh- wh- where's these people at? Why are they not here? It's like, well, we're in space and no humans here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and everybody's dog creatures. Like, you know, yes. it's just saying, you know. And uh, sadly enough, it's like they, they just bring the, those activist people. I don't know what it is. Like, it makes me feel kind of like, because, you know, like, you know, if you look at it, like that, that falls more the liberal section. But I feel like. That makes them feel like they're very conservative. Like yeah. that—that that right there is being as conservative as possible. Because really, a true liberal person would be like, you know what? You can say whatever the fuck you want. You can do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, you could say a racist joke, but that's okay. You know what I mean? That's your thought, man. That's sure. that's your thing. You know what I mean? If you want to have historical accuracy, go for it. Like that's why I almost like I give like Wolfenstein credit because that game felt balls in. The second one, I mean, the first one has it in there too. But like that's when you get like you know. Blaskowitz like origin story and like his father just like being like just like being this guy who's like a real hard edge guy and he's racist and he's old school like America and so on but at the same time even though he's got like these problems and he's not a good guy he still has almost like good upbringing things there's, there's a scene in that game it's like where you know Blaskowitz comes in he's like eight years old he's like oh you know the kids at school they beat me up mom and whatever and stuff like that and they took my knife and the dad was just like 
what the fuck? You let him take your knife? He's like, well, yeah. He's like, no, no, no. You go back out there and you fucking get your property back because you just get what you deserve. Don't you even come back here until you get what you have. And it was like, I thought that moment was almost like one of those ones like, you know, he hit his, you know, like his family and someone like this. And it was like total like hard old school like yeah. that. But I felt like it was still getting a, like a point across. Like, no, you fight for what you like. Yeah. It's like it, it creates the character of what Blaskowitz becomes. Though he, once again, though he's not the greatest person, you know, it's one of those ones. And yes, he's racist, and yes, he doesn't want him hanging off the black girl next door, and so on like that. He still is like he's putting in this like this kind of like determination of like you know you you know you could still be a well-rounded character and have flaws. And I think that's like yeah. the thing that a lot of people like forget nowadays. They just focus instantaneously like. Oh, this person does one thing bad. They must be a terrible person all around. And it's like, no. As long as you gotta look at the big picture and go, yeah, you know, just like in life, you know, you might have a friend who's like, well, he's lazy, but he's a real funny guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Am I, am I gonna base the laziness based on like that he's a real funny guy? You know? And that's the same thing. It's like, here's his father. Like, okay, yeah, he might be racist. He might be like abusive and so on like that. But he's still teaching these like values in the Blaskowitz that would carry on. That maybe he would not be able to fight the Nazis this way if it wasn't for this upbringing. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he was, you know, brought into a world where everything was good and soft and nice, maybe that w- maybe that would not make a more effective killing machine. You know, when you have to get to World War II, yeah. and when World War II continues into like the fifties and sixties, what are you going to do? See, and this is you explaining all that right now is is a prime prime fucking example of what a video game can do. Yeah. And I think that game gets away if I'm just going to say it really quick, is because it's a period piece. I think sometimes you can yeah. get away with things a little... But then again, well, you bring up the Knights of the Round game, or the whatever the fuck mm-hmm. that's called, and that game's getting shit on for being a 1400s game with no black people. Like, what, you want Morgan Freeman showing up? Like, it's Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? It, it you know what I mean? Like, It just really doesn't make sense, and, it, and it's upsetting to me because I just... I, I can see, as a, as a long-time gamer, I can see the censorship. And it's, and it's not really, like... Like FCC coming in and saying you can't have that. That's not, it's not what's happening. It's people what, are afraid what's of happening is, is people are afraid to make a statement about something. You know, look at Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. The whole the whole scene where you're in the airport and you're there to fucking slaughter all the people. That like, that that was. I think of that statement. level, and, I, and I still blows me away that a game like Call of Duty could because that period it wasn't like Call of Duty was kind of like starting out. They come Call of Duty was full on yeah. strong as can be at that point. And they pull a ballsy move like that. Like, don't get me wrong, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I think more stuff should have that kind of thing in there. Absolutely. Because I want to see what it's like to be, like, a terrorist. I don't mean that, like, in a sadistic way. I mean, like, I like to be able to see, like, you know what I mean? People don't just do things for no reason. I, I like, I, I, the, well, I guess the older I get, like, I like to see the more well-rounded story. And I can almost find reasoning behind a lot of people's actions and so on. And kind of go, like, okay, yeah, man, that might not be the right way, but I totally see where they're coming from in this. Yep. You know what I mean? They're, they're, not, they're not necessarily just a bad guy to be a bad guy. And I think that scene in there was almost like, it was just like, oh, fuck. This is yeah. what it's like, like, for when yeah. a terrorist comes, from their point of view, coming in and shooting up an airport. Yeah. And I just thought, was like, that to me, I'm so, I'm so surprised that that's like, that might make that game have a hard time ever getting a re-release. Funny enough, this year, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is coming out. If you remember, the, last, gonna, the oh. last year they, they released Modern Warfare Remastered. Are they going to do a Modern Warfare 2 Remastered? Oh my god. Campaign oh. only. No Spec Ops? So, that's not confirmed <laughs> yet. That's not confirmed. If they don't um, have split screen in it, then I don't know if I'm going to get it, but... They're talking campaign only, no multiplayer. I don't know about Spec Ops. I'm, I'm fine. If, if it's campaign and Spec Ops, I would get it. Mm-hmm. 
But then again, it's like if you it's probably gonna be bundled with Black Ops Four. But but then you're not gonna have four player split screens. Like that's stupid. That once again we just get it's like we get back to that thing. It's just like you just nobody wants us to have fun at home anymore. You know what I mean? Like they just they want everybody to be like separate. This is what they're doing because they're they're going out there. They're separating us. They're not letting us get in our powwows anymore. So so get this. So so the new Call of Duty Black Ops Four. Is being rumored, and we won't know until May 17th or so when the actual Call of Duty reveal event happens. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of speculation and rumor out there right now that Black Ops 4 is going to be multiplayer only, zombie only, and have a battle royale mode. Mm-hmm. No campaign. You know, and I'll say this, like, realistically, at the end of the day, I think that's, like, the target audience of Call of Duty. Like, sure. I just, I don't think that the people that go after the campaign mode... I think that the people who play campaign mode in Call of Duty are the kind of people that, hey, you want to borrow this game? Oh, okay. And they pop it in. Yeah. Like, I don't think the people that go, nobody who goes out and spends $60 is buying it for the campaign mode. I'm just going to say this. Like, yeah. I play the campaign mode, but then again, I've never bought a Call of Duty for $60. So, yeah. go figure. You know what I mean? See, and I have. And I love the campaign mode, but I inevitably gravitate towards multiplayer and zombies. Yeah. Inevitably. You know? And for me, what it always was in Call of Duty, it was like, it was whatever like little like uh, co-op mode they would have. Mm-hmm. And I look at Modern Warfare 2, because I actually was playing it again with Kyle, and I was just like, we're going through the Spec Ops again. It's like, dude, this Spec Ops is like, one. Wow, this is so much fun for two people, just to do these little challenges. And it's not even like one of those ones, like, at first you kind of look at it and go, oh, no, like, campaign, like, yeah. you know, which I always wish Modern Warfare 2 had, like, split-screen campaign, because that campaign was so good, yeah. you know? And, like, the la- I guess the last one to have it, technically, really, well, I guess uh, Black Ops 3 had it, but, um, was um, Call of Duty 5. Mm-hmm. That one had it in there. God, there is an example of a game that like when the game when that game that had split screen in it, that resolution went to like three twenty or something like yeah. that. They literally like they added in points when you shoot enemies, so that I'm like, I know why they put the points in there because if they didn't have the points, I wouldn't know if I was killing yeah. anybody. <laughs> I mean, great. It's not saying it's unplayable, but boy, does that that yeah. that really does drop. And I mean, it's not clear at yeah. all. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I mean, once again, I'll take that. If that's all I get, I'm fine. Shit, give me Halo 5 at 480. I am fine with 480. That's yeah. fine. 480p, at least. Come on. But Give me that progressive scanning. Not interlaced. Yeah, g- g- yeah, give me just that little bit of extra, like, smoothness. But other than that, though, yeah. It just came a bummer, though. There's so many good games that I just feel like if they just had the co-op in there. Like, even Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein would be one of those games. Like, if they just had co-op in there, it would be so much better. It's already an amazing game. And that's actually a first-person shooter I'll go out and buy. But it'd be that much better. If Doom had co-op in there. It'd be oh, yeah. so awesome. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing, is like, th- those are all the kind of games, like, you know, I can play them about once. If I'm lucky, maybe I'll get around to it a second time. But, like, if I, if it was co-op, I could probably play those games, like, two, three, four times. I'd get so much more use out of it, have so much more fun. Sure. And it's just, it's just a bummer to me. I don't know. I, I guess, to me, I feel like that's, like, the... I almost feel like the online is, like, what really separates between a retro gamer or an old-school gamer and a modern gamer is literally the online. That is, like, I, I feel that is the, the definitive line that separates between it's not graphics it's not anything like that it's literally like once you stop having you know multiplayer in the house mm-hmm. I feel as that is what separates the, you know modern gaming is online gaming retro gaming is you know playing four players you know sure. in the same room yep. and I feel that right there is what separates and I feel like that almost is like what splits me farther and farther from like modern games there's a lot of games I don't even buy if I like if there's if I can't play it multiplayer or something like that I just kind of go it's just not for me. Or split-screen multiplayer, yeah. that is. Or, you know, co-op or something like that. I skip out on a lot of them just because it's yeah. just like, you know... You know, it's like, I'll, I'll gravitate to a song like single-player. Like, you know, the game I'm looking most forward to this year is the new Tomb Raider one. 
that yeah. game by far. That that that's what I'm gonna get right there. Hell, dude, the two games I'm really looking forward to is that and fucking the Spyro collection. I'm like that Spyro yeah. collection sounds fucking sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's been a long time coming too, man. I've been waiting on that one. But and then Red Dead if it decides to come out this year. Yeah. But that's one of the ones. Those are the kind of games like. It can take its sweet time because we know it'll just be that dialed in by the time it finally comes out. Yep. Oh shit, by the time it fucking comes out, they're going to have to put out a new PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah, no. It's that time. The- I, I'm calling it, dude. I've been calling it for the last handful of years. I think next fourth quarter, if not next fourth quarter, summer or fourth quarter of 2020. But fourth Q4 2019, I really have a strong feeling there's going to be a PS5 release. Well, it's, realistically, the PS5 should be coming out this Christmas by, you know, the way that systems always yeah. They always go in a six-year cycle for, like, the last, you know, almost 30 years. Yeah. Unless you're Sega. Um, <laughs> jumps the gun. Did you hear about that new Sega platform potentially coming? Is it an actual system, or is it going to be yes. like that Atari one where it's going to be, like, no, not no, a real it's system? No, no, it's an actual system. I heard, um, rumor speculation is, is that E3 this year might be unveiled. They're calling it the Dreamcast 2. Huh. Now, I've heard of, like, the Dreamcast 2 is in, like, that, uh... There's that one where it's supposed to be, like, it's a Dreamcast, but then it's got a hard drive in it, and so on, but I think that was sort of, like, a side thing. Yeah. If, if the Sega actually does do that, that would be pretty sweet. And Sega could do that, like... Well, that Atari system, like, when they brought that up, my first thing I thought was, like, you know what would be the fucking biggest thing they could do is if Atari did a real system and then said Call of Duty exclusive because mm-hmm. they own it. Yeah. Like, they could... That, that would be such a devastating blow to yep. both PlayStation and Xbox, like, and I, I would love just to see that. I would just love to see sure. somebody else come in and just say, sure. fuck it, be like, why, why not? Or, or... Plus, Atari um, has a bunch of other games, too. It's, that's not the only game. I, I've always said that, you know, Steam for a while there, the 2010, 11, 12, somewhere around there, um, Steam was pushing Steam boxes really hard. Getting a, getting a PC in your living room is mm-hmm. what they were pushing really hard. The way that they could have won, quote-unquote, the console wars, release the threes, man. Release Portal 3. Release Left 4 Dead 3. Let, Half- release Half-Life. Half-Life 3. Release, you know, Team Fortress 3. Like, all their major titles just release the threes exclusive for a Steam, Steam. box. That, that's, how, that's how you do it. You just, you win a console war if, by the exclusives. Yeah. And that's what I mean, like, Atari, if they would have just, if they would have done that, they got the killer... They got literally the game that makes more... They got a system. People would buy that Atari one just for Call of Duty. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people... I always call it like... Not, not to put Call of Duty down, but I always feel Call of Duty... It's the modern casual gamer. It's game. very casual. You know what game. I mean? It, it's, it, it's one of those games where it's like... Like a lot of casual games, I feel are like this. Anybody can kind of jump in and play... And I, I don't really necessarily call it like, because casual game mostly means like people start thinking of phone games where it's like, oh, you just tap buttons yeah. and nothing happens. No, no, no. What I always consider a casual game, it's the kind of one where you talk to somebody who doesn't really play video games, like, oh, yeah, I have a system. Well, what do you have? I got Call of Duty and Madden. Yep. That's, that's what I consider casual games. You know what I mean? They're not hardcore games because it's not like you're getting the lore and you're getting into these characters and you're getting into history and so on like that. Because, you know, very few people pull up Call of Duty and go like, you remember in Call of Duty 2 when, you know, like, you know, somebody says this phrase? No, the people that play Call of Duty don't have that. They don't even realize that Call of Duty is actually Medal of Honor originally. That's how it stemmed. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have that historical thing in it. And that's why I can always consider it sort of a casual one. But the idea, like, if Atari just came out with a full-on real system... They'd kill it. Oh, my God. They'd kill it. Because Call Call of Duty is... If not the, one of the biggest first-person shooter franchises out there. 
it's, 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 a multi, the, it's the biggest one since Halo. It's a multi-billion dollar. You know, and, and it's, you know, it's really surpassed, I hate to say it, but it's really surpassed Halo multiple times over. Sure. You know what I mean? And that's the thing, it's like, it's like if Sega does their own system, Sega still has, like, properties, like, they have more properties than, than Nintendo has. They probably have double the amount of properties. Sure. And they got big ones, too, like Yakuza. Like, mm-hmm. that does so well for make that back on their system exclusive. Um, uh, I want to say Bayonetta's produced by them. It's not made by them, but it's produced by them. I yeah, want to say. Because they, they, they got a handful of games that, like, you don't really think of them being Sega games. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's a Sega game? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, if they pull those ones, and then they start doing the thing where they, like, start bringing back their old series and just making sweet modern versions of them. Yeah. They really could, but, you know, that, that that's a project all in itself. And <laughs> So on, but yeah, that's probably a good place. We can probably all wrap it up or we'll go on. We'll go on forever and so on, but... Well, for your viewers, as of this year, um, Shadow Colossus, fucking incredible. Far Cry 5, awesome, awesome Ubisoft title. God of War. None of these ones I played. You know what I got instead? I got the Fear Effect (laughs) new game. That's what I... When I saw that coming out, I was like... That game doesn't have to be good. I'm going to buy that for the fact that somebody is actually bringing a game that hasn't been made in like 18 years. Yeah. Or 17 years since Fear Effect 2 was 2000. Shit, that might have been 2000. Let's say 2001. Maybe it was just 2000. That to me blew my mind. It's just like, this, the idea that somebody could just actually bring back this, something yeah. like this, I was like, fuck it. Yeah. It got like terrible reviews, but I actually thought it was pretty good still. Yeah. But maybe it's just what I was wondering. You can't go off reviews, man. Like, and plus it's like one's ones like too. It's like, play this shit on your own. Yeah. And plus I, I got it on Switch too. I was like, fucking hey, I need a new Switch game anyways. Yeah. I, like, I thought it was cool. I mean, it's not like an amazing game or anything like that. Real quick on Switch. Are you going to get Mario Tennis? I don't know. I think I'm going to get Mario Tennis. Are you going to get it? I think so. It's probably fun. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, all the Mario tennis are always good. You know, like, play the 64 one every once in a while. It so. looks fucking cool, dude. And it's it's like Mario, fun. and I bet you it will be. I really want to get a new game for my Switch anyway. I just always feel like. Yeah. Because everything comes out, it's like, well, I already have that on Wii U. Well, I already have that, or something like oh, that. Oh, that was the other thing I want to ask. Um, what's your prediction on the next Pokemon game for the Switch? How do you think it's going to be? If it, Really, if it's one of those ones, like, if they just go full Switch, and if they go Final Fantasy, like, this, I mean... I've been saying this literally since the N64 days, because this is my picture. It's like, okay, you know what Final Fantasy VII looks like? Make that on the N64, but it's Pokemon instead, and like yep. it's like that. Yep. If they, if yep. they, and I don't know why Nintendo's never, ever went the distance to do that, because they could have, like, in a sense, I guess nowadays, it's like, you want to have something compete. As long as they just, like, the thing is, I hope they don't, don't turn it from, like, turn-based, because that's my always fear yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't. don't Leave it the same. I, I I enjoyed Final Fantasy 15, but I'll tell you this: if it was turn-based, it'd be ten times better. That's like that's just how it was. Yeah, you know what I'm I mean? the polar opposite. Cause I love 15's combat, dude. That game's so much fun. But um, no, I, I get what you're saying. I totally yeah. Get what you're saying. I, it's like most ones. Like I, I like being able to control all my characters and so on. Like that. I do hope that they have the pseudo elements um, that is within New Age gaming, and I know you're you're kind of against it, but. I hope that they have a completely fleshed out single player campaign you can play offline or online. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they have, not in the sense of an entire game world, like MMO style, but in terms of like central hubs, major cities, having to be able to have those trainer battles, to be able to have those tournaments within gyms and things like that, where you actually have this ecosystem of players being able to join the same servers and play against each other and whatnot. Mm-hmm 
trade. Do do everything you could do on the, the original Game Boy, you know, like with the Well, Pokemon's game. actually been really good about, mm -hmm. like, online. Like, the one, on, like, the latest Pokemon games and stuff like that, like, their online thing is pretty marvelous. I mean, like, you just pull up players and so on. That's and awesome. Through and That's like, awesome. Like, they got that Keep pretty that. dialed in. Keep that. Like, you know, more than, more than you'd almost expect, especially if you haven't played a Pokemon in a game in a long time. It's like, yeah, you can just randomly just, like, trade with people and find people and battle people and do whatever you mm -hmm. kind of want. And if you don't even want to touch that at all, you can just kind of not even look at it and never yeah. see it. And I think that's the way to kind of keep it. It's just, see, I've been so far out of the loop with Nintendo for so fucking long that I don't... Literally, the last Pokemon game I played was Pokemon Gold. Yeah, so, like, so yeah. I mean... Outside of, like, Stadium and, you know, shit. Yeah, like so, so, something like that. But, like, as, in terms of, like, a mainline Pokemon game. And I've been watching them all. I've, I saw Black and White, and I saw X and Y, and I saw, you know, like, every fucking iteration since Gold 2 then. Mm -hmm. But I've never played it myself. Yeah. So, the opportunity for, like, a mainline Pokemon game coming to an actual fancy piece of hardware, you know, that is dockable or on the go... Please, Nintendo, please, please don't fucking disappoint me on that. And I, I don't, I, I feel like my bar is so low that I really yeah. can't be disappointed. Well, if, if they just do it in the same way that they've always done them and just, you know, because that's what they do. They just, like, slightly improve them each time. But yeah. Those improvements are, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, just keep that kind of thing going. And just, as long as they just don't try to radically change the gameplay. That's the only, like, fear I have is that they would come out and they try to make it be, like, Monster Hunter. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. We don't play Pokemon because we want to play Monster yeah. Hunter. You know what I mean? Like... Like the, the idea, I just always hate when the games kind of sell out, you yeah. know. And it's like, yeah. no, 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 no. It's like you don't get it. The reason why people like your game is because it's not this other game. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's you know people don't want to you know mix and match. You know, I mean, like it's almost like Call of Duty kind of ruined so many other things. It's like everybody's trying to like be Call of Duty. It's like no, no, no. We we don't want to play this game because it's Call of Duty. We, Fucking Halo, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like <laughs> you play Halo to play Halo. You play Call of Duty to play Call of Duty, and so on. It's like. And it's just like that, you know, it's like, I, I always kind of hate, or it's like Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect 2 is the other example I always kind of say. And that's a good game still, but it's like they sold out. They, yeah. they, they, they didn't yeah. want to be like Mass Effect. They're like, well, this Gears of War seems to be kind of popular. Yeah. Let's yeah. try to be more towards that instead of being an RPG. Man. Yeah, and that's that. Well, and in terms of everything, all in all, I'm, I am extremely impressed with what, the Nint what Nintendo's doing right now. That mm -hmm. Nintendo Switch console... Granted, it's not my day-to-day -day use console. I don't play that thing as much as I do my PS4 or even my PC. However, how novel that fucking thing is and how many good games have come out that are fucking masterpieces. Like, yep. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart 8, granted it's a port. But, but that's the, it's like the best Mario Kart, though. Yeah, th there's all these different games. The, the Skyrim that I picked up that I mentioned earlier... Skyrim on the Switch is mind-boggling that I am playing fucking Skyrim in its entirety with its DLC all on one cartridge. Mm -hmm. No download of fucking needed. Yeah. That is fucking incredible. Bayonetta 1-2 coming out with 3, you know, like, the, just the, the exponential amount of games that are being ported or being developed for that console is insane. Mm -hmm. And for anybody to deny Nintendo that they've made a comeback at this point is fucking stupid. Yeah. And, it's, it's, and there's yeah. a ton of them out there. There's a ton of people out there that just are it's, it's so a, sick of Nintendo through the Wii and Wii U days that... Well, there's, people are just going to hate on Nintendo just because. Yeah. It's one of those ones. People think it like they'll, they'll pull up the Wii and stuff. But people hate it on Nintendo in the GameCube era. They hate it on Nintendo in the N64 Ooh. era. It, Nintendo's always going to be kind of like bagged on just because... Yeah. 
And it's, it, it, it mostly always comes from, like, people that, like, get into, like, you know, they, they feel like they're the more adult system people, and it's sure. like they don't realize that, like, sure. oh, here's the thing, this Nintendo is going to have a better game than your PlayStation mm-hmm. and Xbox combined, but you're just never going to understand, yeah. you know. I always feel like the Switch is almost like it's the perfect companion to a PC. I feel like if you have exactly. that, you almost, you got everything except for the handful of exclusives exactly. from PS4 and Xbox. Well, and this is where, <laughs> speaking about PC culture, you know, everybody says about gender fluid and whatnot. Well, I call myself a, gen- a, a fluid, a, how the hell do I say it? A fluid gamer. <laughs> because I do. I have PC, I have Nintendo Switch, and I have the PS4. Yeah. I get the best of all Sony's exclusive. I get the best of all Nintendo's exclusive. Anything that Microsoft is dropping... Yeah, not every case, but more more often than yeah, not, I can every play once on my while, PC. There's, there's certain plus, ones. I have Steam. What, yeah. What's better than that? You know? Yeah, you know what I mean. That, that's that's how I feel. It's like I don't know. They, when people become like the kind of loyalist to one system or another, it's, it kind of bums me out. It's just like I feel like you're you're not experiencing gaming properly. Yeah. You should love every system, even Absolutely. the flawed systems. You Absolutely. know what I mean? You know, like why not? Like yeah. it's it's that that that's that to me is what I consider almost like a hardcore gamer. Yeah. You know. If you just buy, like, like the one-system people always kind of bum me out. Like, they, they, they just get one system, and they won't buy anything else, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've, I've tried to peer pressure many people into uh, doing that, and that's how I feel. It's just like, one of those ones, like, the, yeah, it's like that one-system loyalist thing. It's just like, it, it's never, you know, they'll, they'll pull excuses on you, but it's like, dude, you... Take the money you're going to spend, like, on a couple of, you know, junk games anyways, and just actually get another yeah. system and get some real good, and just get the good games, you know yeah. what I mean? Get the good stuff, you know what I mean? Don't yeah. don't waste your time on other things, I don't know. Always oh, kind of bums me out when there's a certain things like that. It's just like, yeah. you know? And it, well, gamers be gamers, man. It fucking is what it is, but you know what? God damn it, this has been a hell of a podcast, and really enjoyed talking to you my friend i know and I, like, I haven't got to talk about games like this in a while it seems like so that's really? always fun too hell yeah so hell yeah that, that, that's always kind of a nice thing but um check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts comics cartoons and more till then i'm spencer scott holmes and i am cameron and we'll see you some other time thanks again for listening to the old man orange podcast be sure to check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts comics animations, videos, and a whole lot more. You can easily support the show by buying something from one of our Amazon links on the website or in the show's description itself. doesn't cost you a penny, but every single thing you buy from there just by using that link to take you to Amazon helps us out a bit. You can also really help the show out, though, by spreading the word the good old-fashioned way and rate and review us on all the sites that you find this podcast, anything from iTunes the Podbean, the Newgrounds, YouTube, you name it, any little bit helps. Give a sub and share it to your friends, family, any jamoke you see out on the street, you let them know about Old Man Orange Podcast. And be sure to check out the Old Man Orange comic book, Pizza Boys, on both Amazon and Comixology. Till then, we'll see you some other time.